This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3667 for Tuesday, the 23rd of August, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Hacker Public Radio 2021-2022 New Year's Show Part 2. It is hosted by Hum Kimagu and is about 188 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, the HPR community comes together to chat. Apparently there's some issue where every time anybody posts anything, it's a little ding that happens on Mumble goes through. I have no idea how to stop that because the way the stream and everything is set up, it well, the way the stream is set up, that's where it's going through, is it's, it's just broadcasting basically any sound that goes through that would come out of my laptop speakers. And I don't know how to silence the ding. I'm sure there's something in uh, the settings. Well, wait a minute. It's not doing text-to-speech, is it? Let's test that. Yeah, that I know. I don't know. It's been a while since I've played with Mumble. Um, actually, just configured Mumble on my. Yeah, I heard it over the stream. Um, I'm using Mumble, so I'm not even worrying about that. <laughs> I'm still doing Texas speech, is it? Yeah, I, I hear it. Um... But it's doing the Texas speech. I think it's in the messages setting, at least on the Mumble client that I'm using on uh, Pop OS, which is the uh, Ubuntu based. So, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 16.04 UTC right now, right? You are correct. All right, just trying to follow along here on the show notes to add my blog. Oh, you can put it anywhere there. We got plenty of room. All right. Oh, I think I- yeah, I'm hearing the, the text-to-speech through the stream. Or wait, no, I'm listening through the mumble, so I should try through the actual stream itself. My bad. Oh, I think I did, did it. Yeah, I'm not hearing text-to-speech like of anybody through the, the stream. Excellent. So, for future reference for other people, I guess, uh, go to configure, settings, and messages. And it shows a bunch of checkboxes. And we're on the right hand side where it says sound file. Just, un- uh, just unclick all those boxes. Good to know. So, who's doing a show on that? I just did it. <laughs> I think Ken's doing a show about Mumble. Is he? Or was, did he just write up a page about it? I don't know, but yeah, we should we should do something to add this information, maybe to the page, so it's a sort of permanent thing you can get to easily. Not a bad idea. I never knew. I've never looked at the config page before, but it seems to shut up all these incredibly annoying beeps and bops and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like there's we're only using a fraction of what Mumble can do. Yeah, yeah. I'd just go on the principle that. The less I poke around things, that's likely um, to break it. Being a being an inveterate breaker of stuff might be a little bit overcautious, though. Yeah, the trick is is not to start switching things around right before you're about to record a show. <laughs> yeah, and also keep a record of what you fiddled with, <laughs> so you can <laughs> unfiddle it when you need to. Yep, need to do a screencast of things as you're doing it. <laughs> right. Kind of like the legend of when uh, on TLLTS, uh, Dan was compiling the kernel and brought down the entire show. Either that or the cat peed on the on the router, was it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Did you not have a tomcat that tended to go and uh, urinate in inappropriate places or something? I believe so. We may have to hear from him soon if he connects. Uh, I, I don't think I heard him saying he would, but he usually does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, so far it's a pretty quiet morning here. Uh, 
I have just one of my three sons here. Uh, they're all much older now, so they're the two youngest are in their teens, and my eldest is 20. So he'll be coming over later. Uh, my middle one just left to go to the gym, and my youngest is still sleeping. So, yeah, it's kind of laid back here. I think it's about to get a little little more noisy in my house. Uh, my two were at basketball practice this morning. They have a tournament game starting tomorrow at 9 a.m., so that, that should be fun. But uh looks like the car just pulled up. Oh, sounds good. My son, I think I said earlier on, is at work today. He's he's working from home, but he's uh, ostensibly at work. Um, and my daughter is getting ready for an interview on Tuesday. I forget which job. She's been job hunting for, for several months now. But uh, she's got an interview. Very strange interview. They want her to do a maths test and uh, um, an English test prior to the to the the interview it's, it's like sort of a school child type of uh, type of test you know it's, it's odd that a job interview would would need that sort of stuff yeah that's interesting and it is quite odd too well i've heard some places where people can't make make change and stuff you know some of the basic skills seem to have been overlooked by people yeah they maybe uh, that's what i said to her maybe they've had bad experiences in the past it's a job as a communications officer. She's just had a done an MSc in science communication, and it's for a College of Animal Welfare. I'm not even sure where it is. London, I think. Though she can work remotely if she gets it. But uh, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit unusual these days, isn't it? Can you show us how you, show us us writing your show us you writing your name so we can prove that you just don't write an X or something? It feels like you know some sort of Victorian thing. Well, actually, what the what they're saying is that expensive degree that she just got may or may not actually mean anything. I think that could be, that could be it. Exactly, yes. They will use the degree to keep the rabble out, but after you get the degree, they don't know whether whether it's uh, worth anything. Yeah, they, they must have had some, uh, some less than uh, powerful intellects joining in the past, all I can guess. Well, also... Those questions and the fact that she would cooperate with that shows that uh, she's willing to put in the effort. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain element of um, compliance. If we ask you to jump through this particular hoop, will you do it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm not sure that's a good thing, but we'll see. Well, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, she also just, just reminded me that she's asked me to go and find her Scottish diploma certificates from school. They want to see them. They want copies of them as well as, you know, it's usual to, if you say you've got a degree, you should prove it. But uh, but these are the Scottish higher education certificates she's supposed to present. I'm inclined to say, do you really want this job, kiddo? <laughs> well, also, the person hiring her may use a lot of this paperwork to cover their butt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the sort of processes that HR sections want you to, to do, in particularly in academia, can be bizarre and extreme. I always cite the instance where when I joined my last, uh, the last university I worked at, and I was involved in interviewing and stuff, one of the, the standardized form that went out to, uh, to applicants was, had a question in it that said, last day school attended. 
what that meant was last day school as opposed to, I don't know, night school perhaps. Um, but everybody read that as what was your last day at school? So they wrote Friday or something like that. So, so it took years for HR to recognize that this was stupid. And why did they need to know this particularly anyway? And uh, so, and to, 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 to take it out. It's just, just a piece of nonsense. That's well, pretty funny. <laughs> well, I have a couple of things. One, uh, I take the regular transit bus from my neighborhood. The routes changed a little bit, but they're, the spiel that they're using is the same spiel that a private bus company was using when I was a kid. There's this one place where the bus crosses over through a um, signaled in- intersection, and then they go down about half a block, and that's where the new where the current bus stop is. At one time, the bus would cross the intersection, stop in front of a certain business, and let people out, and then people could cross over at the at the signaled intersection. Now. They're using the same spiel to say, well, if you want to change to another alternate bus route, you get out here and cross over. But the stop has been moved away from the signal intersection, and they haven't changed the spiel from when I was a kid. (laughs) It's always been this way. It's tradition. You can't change these things. Also, speaking of uh, Massachusetts has got some interesting traditions. One... We have our own GED that they call MCAS, which has been found to have incorrect answers as correct answers in it. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a secret exam, and when people start passing the exam, they add more material to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is an exam that you have to pass in order to get your diploma. You can graduate high school and do everything, but if you do not pass the MCAS test, you will not get a diploma. Now, the thing that they're avoiding, like the plague, is the GED that would actually tell people across the country what is actually going on. Also, a few years ago, they took young certified teachers. These were people coming out of the teachers' colleges and gave them a cold exam for the first time since kindergarten. Failure rate was about 40 to 50%. Yeah, yes, I can believe that. Well, I was a C student until I got into junior high, and then I was an A student in anything that I put any effort into. Now, I didn't suddenly take a smart pill. I just did. However, I was able to, because they will tell you exactly what's going to be on the exam, I would load my head up with a bunch of data, put it on the exam, and then move on to the next subject. That worked great in high school and probably would have worked okay in community college, but when I went to college, it my lack of study habits or lack of uh, solid foundation became glaringly obvious. It used to be a bit like that in the UK. I think the Scottish um, school exam system is different from the English one. I, I, went, I took what they call A-levels in England, 19, late 1960s, and um, you got a curriculum. You, you got a little booklet because these were curricula built by various uh, high-status universities like Oxford and Cambridge and stuff, and you had a curriculum that said, not timing, but the content, you know, the, the, the course content would be this subject broken down into these parts, etc., etc. So you could, 
actually use that as a guide to work out what you needed to cover and what you didn't need to cover. You know, um, it was it was an excellent way of structuring what you did. Plus, also they made the previous year's exam papers available at a cost. I think I can't do remember. It wasn't much, so you would do rehearsals of exams to the umpteenth degree. So the people I was working with at that age all did this assiduously. You know, we would we would be testing one another with this sort of stuff and we, we, we became it's a bit like learning to do crosswords or something. It's a puzzle that you, you practice in order to become good at it. It's nothing to do with your inherent intelligence other than the intelligence to to f- fiddle with systems and stuff, I suppose. But uh, yeah, so we all did really well at that because because that sort of process where many of us had been classified as idiots at school because, you know, it was just not a structure that, that appealed to us. Well, yeah, I mean, I went to school in the 60s with draft riots and everything, and they would cover the Constitution every year in our history classes, but they wouldn't talk about the Civil War where they actually had draft riots and whatnot. 100 years before. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, you can't teach anything that's relevant. You just have <laughs> to teach the same old shit. <laughs> oh, very much so, very much so. My uh, daughter, she went through school, spotted that quite early on. Very, very angry that uh, that subjects were being steered away from and, and even the ones that were being handled were not being handled very well. <laughs> she, was, she was a great critic of... of uh, scholastic system which i think counts a lot actually <laughs> was applauded her for being so so perceptive of uh, the crap that she's been dealt yeah and, and if you think she was given crap back then whenever that was uh with this uh critical race theory and stuff that they're pushing yeah yeah oh i yeah yeah well we would often discuss what element of your uh learning is a critical can can involves critical thinking because you'd think that critical thinking would be an element of a science stuff. She she was she trained in science. She, she's a biologist, um, but there was never any any teaching about how to think and how to analyze things and how to to spot the the rubbish amongst the 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 diamonds. You know, and that that's a common thing. They don't want they if you if you believe in they. Uh, don't want people to be that perceptive, I think. That was our conclusion anyway. Well, yes. Uh, well, if you look at our entire narrative in the U.S., it's all there is one narrative that, uh, that the media and the government and everybody is beating the same drum. And, uh, you know, we had, like, outrageous uh, uh, quarantines and whatnot. And... What not when the government just throwing its weight around and there's no scientific basis, they just decide today we need a quarantine period of 14 days. Tomorrow it could be 20 days and last week it could have been seven days. Yeah, it's, it's the same here. It's quite arbitrary. I think it's just uh, whoever the, the latest scientific advisor has been or maybe harking back to advice earlier on when less was known about oh. uh, about it about the 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 way the coronavirus spreads and those sorts of things anymore of stuff anymore the uh, quarantine times are a balance between necessity and you know actual safety 
So safety is taking a backseat to necessity. Um, I think the quarantine time officially got moved down to like five days from 10 yep. days. That's what I heard. Specifically because we need people to work. Yep. Yep. Of course, if that number's wrong, then you oh, get people to work. If, if you, you then get people to work and spread whatever they've got is, is the downside of that. But uh, yeah. yeah. That number is absolutely wrong. I think the um, um, in infectious time for Corona is something like twenty-eight days or something to that effect. But it's 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 saying what's happening here anyway in the UK is that um, if you have Corona, then such and such should happen. But it doesn't say if you have Corona and you're vaccinated, which will be a whole different ball game because the viral load will be less be in most cases because the your immune system's handling a lot right. more of it but you still you still have it you still be infectious but not for as long you know it's it's not it's not a, a an absolute right and it's so, probably also different between you know different people so yeah yeah that's also a factor so um there's a guy i've been following on twitter uh, michael mina who's a epidemiologist and virologist and a clinical medical man and he was very vocal at the start of the pandemic uh, talking about how well first of all that um, uh, cheap testing and plentiful testing of the lateral flow type and that sort of stuff was vital and it should be there now well know, don't you know keep your numbers low by not testing <laughs> yes I love that yeah 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 if you just t look the other way, you won't see that man being mugged. So it's not happening. Hey, hey. Right. I know. Well, I've also, all of this, everybody's got a mask and everything. The best studies say that masks are 20% effective. 20% effective is better than 0% effective. Oh, yes, it's, it is. But, I mean, everybody has been treating the masks as if they're, you know, armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're right. I've seen that too. It it's it's a very important thing. That plus distancing, that plus ventilation, that plus not being in building to lots of other people, um, and minimizing and exposure time. Yeah, yeah. All of those things together make a make a big difference. But not, you can't just point at one and say, "Oh, that's not 100 percent." So we'll not bother with that. Exactly. Oh, also, yeah, like seatbelts and uh, and airbags and effective. Yeah, exactly. Condoms are not 99% effective, so nobody should use them. <laughs> Abstinence all the way, right? <laughs> it's a really bad thinking idea. It's funny because the way it, this all works, it's it, it's no not really that different to the the idea of defense in depth that we see in information security and whatever. Um, it's pretty much the same thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Dealing with an external threat and uh, and mitigating it as much as possible. Type of thing. Exactly. Well, I think what happened with the Christmas season is the fact that there uh, the old rules knocked out a large part of our transit system. Tra I mean, aircraft, you know, airlines and whatnot uh, was was a wake up call to some. My connection again. Go ahead, Nick. Also, like New York's, uh, you've got to be vaccinated, even if you're a medical professional, so that they let go, what was it, 20, 30,000 medical professionals because they wouldn't get the shot? 
Yeah, it was something like that. Even for medical professionals, it's more like especially medical professionals. Well, I know they were also not taking into account any kind of uh, other conditions or the fact that you may have had COVID already, you know, natural immunity, stuff like that. They were just saying everybody who hasn't got the paperwork. Well, they have to be able to draw the line somehow. And (sighs) the vaccine seems like a good place to draw that line and yes there are people that can't get it but for whatever reason immune compromised or whatever but if that's the case then should those be people be working in high-risk environments and the natural immunity um there's been a lot of research done into the efficacy of natural immunity and how long it lasts and according to the research that you know i've vaguely skimmed over so i'm no expert but um the vaccine is supposed to be more effective than natural immunity that's my understanding as well yeah and yes people still get sick even if they're fully vaccinated have their booster whatever it's just um they don't get as sick and they don't stay sick for as long well also i think people i think think you're getting um the random nature of a lot of these orders uh, has reduced the kind of trust you need for people to get their vaccines and to get, you know, sensible care. Well, remember last winter at all of those little uh, shacks that were put out so that people could dine outside in COVID safety instead of dining in indoors with heat and ventilation and potential sterilization of the environment and stuff like that. If I I was seeing some of those, everything from inflatable bubbles to little shacks put on the sidewalk, and all of them were to keep people out of restaurants where, where the environment could be controlled, including, you know, sterilizing surfaces and whatnot, because you know that those little uh, shacks or bubbles or whatnot were not going to be uh, nearly as easy to deal with as an ordinary restaurant. Well, I am going to have to leave you all and go and hunt for this certificate that my daughter needs and, uh, and tell her if I can't find it so she can look as well. So, so uh, I'd better better stop now and uh, say goodbye to everybody. It's been great talking to everybody and uh, maybe catch up with some, some of you tomorrow. Um, if possible. Okay, Dave. Dave. See you later. Take bye care, bye. Dave. Good talking to you. you Cheers. Well, we'll look forward to hearing from you whenever you can get back. Okie dokie. Well, I'm going to see if I can switch to my laptop because I need to charge my phone. So I'll be back later. Happy New Year, Indonesia, Thailand, Jakarta, Bangkok, Hanoi, Phnom Penh. Happy uh, New Year, everybody. This is Short Fat Bald Guy. Just curious if anybody's tracking uh, HPR users in different time zones and see if we cover the whole globe. Well, I don't know how to tell where people are, but this is my second and more complete experience, and we we will sweep the globe if people can stay awake. I'll do my part. I'm definitely not doing 26 hours. Well, I'm doing what I can since I don't know if I'll be back next year. Where, Where are you, by the way? I'm, I'm south, south of Boston. Boston. I don't hear an accent. I'm I'm northern Kentucky. Well, well I, traveled, I, traveled, I traveled. I traveled. Are you, are on, you on? Um, um, short. Try to put yourself on uh, push to talk.
because your audio is bleeding bleeding back through the system. Gotcha. I'll go dig for that. Thanks. Stand by. Well, short, if you're listening, my uh, I travel from Maine to West Virginia, hitting all the states between, and, and it sort of flattened my accent. Also, I've done a lot of reading, and part of it could be uh, I'm a slightly autistic Asperger's syndrome. That could have some effects. About 10 minutes, about uh, 10 or 15 miles south of us is where you start to pick up a Kentucky accent. I used to pick up the West Virginia accent from being there only like a week. Right. I've got a, I've got a cousin who, uh, depending on where she's at, is how her accent goes. Yeah. My dad was from West Virginia up near Morgantown. I miss that country terrible. Definitely. Definitely pretty parts. I, I like the Appalachian area. Well, also, my grandparents both in Maine and West Virginia are very welcoming. My parents uh, made it quite clear that even the, the place where I was raised was not my, was their home, not mine. And my dad, my dad was uh, Eastern Kentucky, and we we could drive down there today, not having seen those people for five years, and and tell them who we are, and we'd be inside swapping stories in minutes. Well, when my parents divorced, the West Virginia side of my family went virtually silent, except. For, one guy who was my dad's brother, who used us to keep track of my dad, who moved up to Maine to drink himself to death. We're going to pop out and run some errands. I'll be back on in two hours, probably. We'll have a big crowd later. Yeah, well, I'll hold the fort. Let's see. Yeah, I got a 20 minutes before the next uh, Happy New Year. Well, folks, at 17.30 Zulu, we'll be welcoming Mandalay and Miramar the Cocos Islands into two, 2022. This reminds me of my days back when I was a security guard at a condo complex. Yes, I am one of the rare people who has actually been paid to watch paint dry. But I'm sure you have some interesting stories, don't you? <laughs> yes, I'm going to describe an environment and then show you how to use a pistol in this environment. First, overhead are pre-crashed concrete slabs. The walls are cinder block. The floor is cast cement. Uh, there are very few doors, and generally it's Ricochet City. One New Year's Eve, Tweedledee and Tweedledum come in, come in here into this hall and get into an argument. Uh, Tweedledee is carrying a pistol in a shoulder holster. He opens his jacket. Tweedledum looks at the pistol and therefore misses the sucker punch that is delivered shortly. In a heavy ricochet environment, that is the proper use of a pistol. Use it as bait for a sucker punch. Now, carrying a pistol to a New Year's Eve party is stupid, but at least he didn't do anything but flash it and then use his natural weapons to make his point. He also had a young lady who lived in a two-level condo whose mother was a nurse who worked overnights. It was our job to try to limit her access to gentlemen callers. The security force celebrated her birthday, her 18th birthday almost as much as she did. With a two-level condo, you could be at the main door downstairs and people could be going in and out on the floor above you, and we did not have coverage to cover both entrances. But then our front gate was a speed bump and a stop sign. Thanks for sharing the entertaining stories. 
Well, there was a time that one of our guys, well, somebody came through, uh, guests of one of our residents, and I believe that I was, I was hacked by a federal agency. We had a jogger come through uh, asking for directions or otherwise keeping me occupied, and then a car followed uh, one of our residents' guests into, into the uh, site. Since this guest was a, um, well, he was allegedly connected with uh, unofficial financial organizations or what the English would call a turf account bookie. It did seem like that I was uh, being handled by some law enforcement agency unofficially. Also, we had a state patrol officer who came in wanting to just check on an alleged girlfriend, and I uh, had to explain to him in simple words that there are two ways that he could come on site. One, give me the girlfriend's name, I would call her up, and he could have a late or early coffee with her, or give me the person's name and his official reason for needing to speak with her legally, and uh, then I would es lock up the, the gatehouse and escort him up. But I was not going to allow him, just because he was in a state patrol car, in uniform, to randomly cruise our facilities. There were two ways that he could get in, and the third way that he wanted to get in was officially forbidden. One of the reasons I was being paid was to limit um, random access to to the facility. Well, Happy New Year, Miramar, Coconos Islands, Dagon, Mandalay, and others that I can't pronounce. What's the topic? Well, the topic has been random stories from my history as a security guard, and Happy New Year to Mandalay, and I, and I hope the road's still there. Cool. Uh, the Road to Mandalay being one of the many road pictures of Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Welcome back. Thank you. Work calls probably going to be happening all day. Well, if you can solve the problem from where you are, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think it's just that my boss is bored. Fix that problem. Unfortunately, managers have this instinctive belief that they need to manage. No, today's not officially the holiday. That'll be Monday. But, um, yeah, there's still not going to be a lot going on today. Still not going to be a lot of people that are actually working today. Everybody's on vacation. I suspect those that are officially working today may not be... Um, may All that attentive? May be conserving energy. Yeah. Security guards learn a lot about conserving energy. Yeah, I was a security guard for a while. One of the interesting things that happened, I was, we had a detect clock and a large mag flashlight that we were supposed to carry around with us. Often we left the mag flashlight alone because it was a big, you know, five yeah. or six cell sucker. Well, three foot us, long ones. Yes. And they gave us this pot, pot, you know, this 10 pound pot metal uh, detect clock on a long leather shoulder strap. And they still call this unarmed security. Yeah, because you weren't allowed to carry a gun. Yes, but I suspect that, that uh, in a emergency situation, that clock would make a damn good mace. Argument for me. Also, we this complex, the part that we were working for was on one side of a divided 
driveway. The original plans for the complex was that this entire peninsula was going to be filled with condos, and that didn't really work out. Well, we were supposed to secure one si condos on one side of this divided road, and we were not supposed to secure condos on the other side of the, the divided road, which meant people coming through could just say, I'm visiting the non-secure side of things, and there's nothing we could say about it. Um, also, the back side of the property was uh, not well fenced either, so if anyone could get around our security or our alleged security. But then again, this site had a two-foot-high fence around its pool, just high enough to slow any rescue attempts and not high enough to keep anybody out. Hey, Mordency. How you doing? Hello. How's everybody going? Doing? Surviving. And yourself? I'm still here. Cancer hasn't killed you yet? Nope. Yep. Well, that, uh, my inner DJ was just playing. I'm, I'm still standing in the back of my mind. I'm damn glad of it. My cable modem arrived last night, so I will be able to switch to a higher upload on my cable. Just higher upload speed? Uh, upload and download, but, uh. Uh, for Plex, so um, uh, if we do any uh, sharing or uh, uh, what's that called, watch together for movies or shows, uh, it should work better. Actually, I haven't been able to access your Plex days. Uh, the other night I was running a lot of updates, and it was uh, sucking down all the CPU and memory on the uh, little mini. Back, and back. the Pytho is currently unavailable. Try reconnection. Still showing is unavailable. Is the command line magic hero Delta Ray really on the line? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Okay, I want to okay. say I want to say Steve. Last name Sousa. No, my name's Mark. Mark. Okay. I Mark, don't know if you remember me. I, I I took all the notes uh, during your uh, intro to the command line at ILF. I still have them in my uh, little Hacker Public Radio uh, book I carry around with uh, computer notes. That's awesome. Thanks. Did you happen to see the Matrix command I posted recently? Uh, no, I have not. I don't think I have a Twitter running anywhere and never got connected to uh, Mastodon after uh, Identica switched over to Decentralized. Yeah, I, I, I finally eventually switched. Well, I made a Mastodon account, too, after some requests for one. And uh, I've been posting to both, but... I th it was about a week ago or so I posted, right before the movie came out, I, I um, figured out how to make, make the Matrix um, effect in the terminal happen um, and fit the whole command into a tweet. And so it, be it ended up becoming the most popular, well, most favorited um, command I've ever posted. More, more proof that we're in a simulation? Something like that. That's awesome. I'll have to look for it. Of course, a whole bunch of people thought, I ain't running that after the log for shell vulnerability. <laughs> That's probably the case with half the commands I post. I, I try to post like a, uh, a screenshot or an animation along with it so that people get a sense of what it, what it is. Otherwise, everybody thinks I'm just trying to hack their system. Do you live in, do you live in the Midwest someplace? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Ah, cool. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. So you probably went to Ohio Linux Fest a bunch then. Yes. Uh, you were actually worried uh, doing the talk at OLF after ILF and said you weren't sure if anybody got anything out of it. And I pulled out my uh, little uh, Barnes & Noble um, journal refill book that had all the, the those. The first thing I used it for was to take notes on your talk. Awesome. Great. 
Great. Almost every every person I meet doesn't know CD will take you back to your home directory. Uh, how do they not know that? I didn't know that. I've always CD, done hit CD, enter, and it takes you back to home. I apparently had never done it by accident before, and had always done CD space tilde. Half the stuff I post is just, if you go back and read the man pages, you'll learn about it. But, you know, people who are longtime veterans of the command line are, are often shocked. They're like, I didn't know about Control-R. To search. Yeah, I need to up my command line for I'm, I'm still I'm st- still somewhat crippled by my uh, Windows upbringing. Not sure if anybody here has seen it, but there's a a new it's it's an upgrade to the curses library. It's a, it's actually a whole rewrite of it. It's called Not Curses Three, I think is what it's called. Um, this guy he he wrote a new version that takes advantage of uh, what are called sixels. It's something that digital made back in the 80s or 90s um, that lets you basically create graphics inside the terminal window. And so he wrote a curses library that lets you take full advantage of it. And he was like, you were able to play videos in the terminal and stuff like that. And he made this really great demo. But I think when you watch the demo, you're not you're like, is that happening in the terminal or is it just the video editing? And he's trying to like hype it up or something. But from what he said, it, it all happens in the terminal, which is pretty amazing. And I'm looking forward to catching on more. Okay, Control-R is pretty cool, and I did not know about that one. I, I always use history and grep. Yeah, and you can press Control-R repeatedly to keep going backwards. The opposite of it is Control-S, but of course, usually on a, a terminal, when you press Control-S, it stops the, the terminal flow, so it looks like your terminal froze up, and you have to press Control-Q to, to resume it. Um, so I guess you could reassign it to something else, but by default, it's control S. Uh, the wonders of software flow control. Yeah. Joe, tried the library again. I connected, uh, on yeah, my yeah. phone. I get, get in there now. Wi-Fi. Get in there now. Yeah. Okay. I'll come up. Thank you. I see that you have the first episode of, uh, well, the book of Fett. I do. And under the helmet. Oh, I've got the, oh, uh. First episode of the Book of Boba Fett as well. I don't have the automation for it yet, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I enjoyed the episode, and and the special was interesting about how uh, Boba Fett was created back in the original series. Maybe I'll check that out on your server. But Mark Mark's uh, uh, YouTube and uh, Twitter and Mastodon channel for Command Line Magic is great. Everybody can get something out of it. Uh, sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's funny. Uh, but they're always great little uh, tweet-sized uh, command line um, commands. So that was command then, line magic? Yep. On Twitter, it is CLI magic. Although, to be honest, after after doing this for 13 years, I've, I've, I've started to run out of ideas or, or just, you know, when I, when I think of something, I'll think, oh, I've already done that, or people have heard about it or something like that. Or, well, well, you know... After doing it for 13 years, you just start the list over again and you automate it. Yeah, I could do that too. I've, I've always been surprised when I repost something. I don't get a whole bunch of people saying like, oh, you posted that before. That's a repost. Seems like just the, the nature of Twitter and Mastodon is that people just don't see half the stuff that I post. You're behind CLI, man. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, you're the one behind CLI, man. Yep. Oh, followed you for a while. Yeah, I should probably do an HPR episode on it. A long time ago, Klaatu interviewed me. At ILF, it was like ten years ago. Now you own. I also get a lot out of uh, commandlinefoo.com 
and uh, explainshell.com. Explainshell, you can paste a, a snippet of code and it'll break it down for you what it's doing. Now we are welcoming Bangladesh and Jakarta and several other places that I just can't really pronounce. Happy New Year, folks. And we'll be racing towards uh, the Nepal time zone, Kathmandu, and a bunch of similar exotic locations. I was just looking through my bookmarks under my CLI magic folder, and I, I forgot about this website called regxcrossword.com, um, where you, you solve a crossword puzzle by typing in regular expressions. It's kind of funny. Quite a bit there, too. I have that bookmarked now. And then there's also vim-adventures.com, where you can learn to use Vim by doing a adventure game. Hello. Hello. Testing one, two. <clears throat> we can hear you. Not a whole lot going on right this minute. Hello, Mad Sweeney. Hello. I, you, I think you can hear me quite good now. Uh, I had some problems with my audio earlier. Um, I had to mess around with Mumble a little bit. I've been using it all year and have still have problems. Yeah. After a year of using like Zoom and stuff like that, it's a little bit jarring to look over to at the Mumble window and not see like a muted microphone next to your name. And you're like, oh my gosh, did you just hear everything I was saying? <laughs> but you, then you remember, oh yeah, push to talk. Yeah, I saw there's a, an option. You can set the time out between when you double tap. Uh, I, I presume that's milliseconds. I'm, uh, I wish that somebody would teach the uh, mumble guys that not everybody has got perfect eyesight. Yeah, it would be nice if it made a little pop, uh, a high-pitch high pop when you go on, when you're unmuted, and a, a low-pitch pop when, you, when you're off so you know where you are. Well, I'd like to yeah. be able to adjust the font size a little bit. Sweeney, your audio is leaking. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can, but you're also bleeding audio even when you're not talking. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Sounds like uh, uh, water uh, or sounds like water to me in the background. Maybe air. Okay. I find it thing. It isn't bad. It's just we try to limit that kind of thing. Is that any better? That seems near quiet. There's still a little, but... It seems a little quiet. And now we welcome Nepal, Kathmandu, Pokhara, Tehran, etc. to 2022. Yes, Winnie, you're still leaking audio, but nobody, I can't hear it. The only re way I can tell is by seeing the icon. Seeing the icon. He's just set to He's continuous, continuous problem. Hortensy's got an echo. He's got an echo. We're now arriving in India, Sri Lanka, New Delhi, Mumbai, Kolkata, Bengaluru. Happy New Year, folks. Is my audio still noisy? I don't hear anything currently. Good. I think I fixed it with some noise mix consulting. None of the icons are flickering out of turn. Well, there may be a little leakage here and there, but we got uh, much, much better. But I think it's the mixed echo cancellation setting in the uh, audio input panel in, uh, uh, in Mumble. Well, I guess Mumble's got a mumble somewhere. Yeah, that's free software. 
gives you all the knobs to turn all of them. So I have to go some do some chores now, so maybe I'll be back later. See you later. Well, you're always welcome. God, we should do this once a week, never mind once a year. I am not hearing anything and don't know why. Perhaps because nobody is saying anything? That would do it. Thank you. Why is nobody saying anything? Moment. Perhaps we've got nothing to say. I've been trying to carry my end. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, anyhow. Happy New Year. Well, it looks like I've got my signal to noise level a little low. (laughs) Hello, Swiss. Hello, can you hear me? Because I just tried to hit the this push to talk thing. I can hear you. Very good. And that's a lovely accent. Uh, typical Swiss, I guess. Ah. Actually, m- milder than some. There's a guy on YouTube who's, uh, well, he may be playing it up. You mean Andreas Spies? A bit, yeah. He's got a, got a little thick. He, he does uh, uh, IoT stuff. And he says, here's the guy with the Swiss accent, and he puts it on pretty heavy. Yeah, but, well, basically what you hear in the background is really his um, his accent from this region. And, um, yeah, more in the mountains, like, if you look a little bit around sometimes in his videos. I know the guy, too. I follow him as well. And, um, yeah, some people, uh, not not from the bigger cities or such, um, tend to speak with really a strong accent. So I guess it's, it's, it's quite true. Yeah, you sound well, more like my friend in Sweden. Well, it's also a uh, same sort of thing around here. The more country people have a tend to have a local accent. There was a time when I was listening to podcasts where I had the feeling that I started that I was able to tell whether somebody is from Texas or or more a New York area or such. Um, how is this for you? Do you do you can easily distinguish that, or is this a, a big mixture over in the U.S.? Sometimes you can. Also, some of the Canadian dialects uh, sound like Texas, or well, they don't. They don't sound. Uh, you know, they're hard to detect. Yeah, they sound a bit like Texans, eh? Well, they're hard to localize. When I went uh, to Vancouver for a couple months, um, in the beginning, they always expected, um, well, I was in Vancouver, so they always expected me, I come from Montreal or such, because of the of the accent. So when, when you're in Canada and you don't speak their proper English, they expect you from the French part. Well, you don't sound French to me, but I, I married a Montrealer. Well, and, and I would... Uh say that your English is better than many, much that I hear from native speakers. Thank you. I, I try hard, at least. So, what time is it um, in the U.S.? I am in the East, and it's one forty-five p.m., or 13.45, if you prefer. Yeah, it's more the way we do in Europe. And is it, um, is it a beautiful weather, like we had today in Switzerland, with no clouds, or how does it look over there? Well, here in western, uh, eastern Tennessee, we've got, uh, it's a little overcast, but it's bright. And is it snowy there, or is oh, it no. too south? Too south. No, it, well, we, we do get snow. We don't get a lot of it. Um, we get maybe five or six snowfalls a year. 
and about. no more than an inch usually, and it's gone in a day or two. Yeah, I'm up in New England. We north of here, we get more snow. Uh, I'm near the coast, so less snow. Not not much to speak of this year, but uh, my brother's always threatening that we'll get four feet in April. Um, it's interesting because um, I don't know if you also listened to the podcast from the guy who fixed his um, generator and um, yeah to, to keep the to, to keep the power up and running and and so um, yeah I guess you really have to live a little bit on the countryside or or what is your feeling when you when you need a generator or when you look for it in, in your area? Yeah, generators are are less common down here, although I'm in in the fringes of the Boston area, but yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't have any out here that I know of. I mean, it, uh, like I said, Eastern Tennessee, I'm about 22 miles northeast of Knoxville. And we're, uh, we get most of our power from uh, the various, <clears throat> excuse me, the various dams in the Tennessee Valley Authority project that was a FDR project. So the, the electricity is pretty close to us and they, have a big business of keeping it running. So you have water power over there. We have some water. Some of TVA is coal, though, which is really negative. I, I didn't understand that. What do you mean? Coal. Okay. Okay. You you still have coal? We still have coal. Are you kidding? West Virginia would not let let us let go of coal if we tried. Okay, um, I'm, I, I just yeah. heard that you have a, a lot of nuclear power plants. And, we have and very, very, very few nuclear power plants. I thought it was in the number of the 50s or the 60s. Mm, well, it's an awfully big country, too. <laughs> okay, I agree, yes. Um, but you have coal. You burn coal over there. A and lot, you, of, you get a lot it. of nuclear plants uh, had, had meltdowns and breakdowns, and uh, it got to be really unpopular, so we didn't keep going, unlike France. We didn't keep building them. Yep. And uh, the last one I remember being built, uh, they were just about to test it to see uh, if it was earthquake-proof the way it was designed, and they found out it was built upside down. And since then, it's nothing happened? No, we haven't had very many nuclear power plants come online. I, I don't remember the last time a nuclear plant came online. There's one down in Plymouth, I think, that's still running. Well, yeah, still running, but I mean, in terms of new ones coming online, I don't remember. Uh, for for your information, uh, my grandfather was a coal miner and a mine owner. <laughs> is, this, is, is this you, net miner? Is this the reason why you have that? that yeah. Or was it most? <clears throat> no, I, I... Yeah, more or less. <laughs> so net miner is basically um, half, half of your dad. Right. Uh, my mother... Was from Maine, and uh, down in West Virginia, uh, I still between Maine and West Virginia, I still think of those as my home. Netminer, you're usually also on the on the Lockcast, right? Yes, I'm. I'm one of the. I'm probably the old man of the group. Just, just out of curiosity, um, I, I think Honky Magoo does um, one on one side on the Lockcast, and I think he does as well sometimes a podcast on the on the HBR. Does he have different, um, let's say, different nicknames? 
Well, I've got a couple podcasts myself. I I got on Mintcast uh, three and a half years ago and stayed on it for two and a half years. I've got uh, <clears throat> I got Distro Hoppers okay. Digest, and I also have just this year or like April started doing uh, Full Circle Weekly News. The Distro Hopper Digest. I I, I heard you mention it um, now and then in in the Mintcast, of course. But um, and if I'm not wrong, did you did you fill up almost your whole SSD with like 100 different um, distributions? Oh you? no, I didn't do that. There were jokes that I was going to, but uh, the most I've had on a on a single drive was 10, and uh, I literally had. Uh, repartitioned my hard drive or my SSD to go to 12. And while I was doing that, I changed my mind and dropped to eight and it's currently down to four, <laughs> but people keep joking. I've got a hundred on one machine and never happened. <laughs> okay. This is a, this is a running, running gag. Yes. I just looked up nuclear power in the U S according to Wikipedia, who is never wrong. There are 93 commercial reactors with a net capacity of 95.5 gigawatts. 93, um, yeah, but but you can have less less plants, right? Less what? Um, so you have a reactor. You said 93 reactors, but yes. sometimes a plant has um, like two or three reactors. So you could have so you have less in quantity um, around the state. I do not know. Apparently, there are two new reactors under construction in September 2017. Okay, and it takes and like 39 years. reactors have been permanently shut down. Okay, yeah, the age, I guess. There's 94 operating commercial nuclear reactors at 56 power plants in 28. There you go. Hadn't gotten that far down the, that far down the Wikipedia article yet. Wikipedia article yet. Uh, this is from the U.S. nuclear industry. Ah, gov site. So it's 56. Like I say, it's not like that I popular here. Um, guys, can you can you open the sorry? Can you open the document um, which is mentioned on the HPR side? This um, what do they call it? They call it for the for the notes. Um, now please fill in the show notes. He said, "Oh, Etherpad, could you open it, or is it just me where it doesn't work?" Um, what document? When you go on the on the HPR on the hackerpublicradio.org okay. main page, then he has in the a little bit after the half, it says add to sh add to the show notes. Please help fill out the show notes. And um, I was curious what it looks like, and it doesn't open. Add to the show notes. Httpshownotes.ugai uh, uh, Etherpad loading. Uh, mine opened. Okay, then. Okay, um, then um, so did mine. Then my matrix blocks too much. Okay, thanks. Let's see. Do I? I do not have my uh, VPN on. I'm going to fix that. Ah, now I've got my VPN on. Let me close it and see if it opens again. Oh, I closed the whole page. Yay! <laughs> well, I have to try in another browser. What browser are you using? Usually Firefox. Well, I'm in Firefox, and I just opened it even with a VPN on. Yeah, but are you familiar with Micromatrix? 
No, I don't know micromatics. You, you really need to spend uh, some time to get familiar with, with it. It is, is very complicated. Um, but once you get familiar with it, it is really nice. It, it blocks really everything, not just cookies. It, it blocks a, a lot. And um, yeah, sometimes when it doesn't work and I'm tired of trying out, then I go into Vivaldi and there I have everything open. Okay. Well, I'm finally going to start getting brave enough to put together a pie hole using an old Raspberry Pi I was given that I never used. Well, not never used. I, I plugged it in to make sure it worked. <laughs> what, you you never used it or it never worked? No, I, I plugged it in to make sure that it worked, and then I never used it again because it was really too slow. A, a Pi 2 is not fast enough to really use much. Um considering uh, I was looking to use it as a desktop computer, and the Pi 4 is just barely adequate for that. <coughs> I think both my both my Pi, Pi holes are Pi 2. Cool. Everything I read says use a Pi 0, 3, or 4, and I'm going, okay. And everything I read says much? I have to use Bellina Etcher to, to burn it to the SD card. No, you can use whatever you want to burn it. Please, please stop oh, using please. Bellina Etcher. I have never used Bellina Etcher. The one time I tried to install it, I had an app image and it didn't work. Okay, I know now what I put into the show notes. And guys, I know now why I couldn't reach the show notes on Etherpad because my web browser tried to do HTTPS everywhere and it is HTTP. Mm. Okay. I had a, a Pi Zero uh, before the Pi Zero W and I had it uh, connected via uh, micro USB um, and ran Pi Hole on it and uh, used the shared internet setting to bridge it and was able to run Pi Hole with it just plugged into the USB on my laptop. Well, I'm old and I tend to move very slowly. I was still using Windows 3.11 when everyone else was on 98SE. <laughs> 98SE was good. But when you say you run it on a, on a Pi 2, how much bandwidth do you have in, in your, in your home? I've got fair bandwidth. I'm on, uh, Xfinity Comcast. Um, it's what supposed... is this best effort? How much is it? Well, that's a good question now, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess you have done a test uh, now and then, or not? I have done now and then, but not lately, and memory is not one of my best features. Let me see what I got here. Um, okay, speed of me. Uh have to accept their cookie, start the test. I have 103 megabits down and 10 megabits up over Wi-Fi on my phone through my cable internet. So well, I, right now I'm not doing as well as that. But frequently I am. I, I'm usually over 100. Right now I'm at 66.39. And upload is just short of 13. Can I have a pause here, gentlemen? We have an, we have to welcome Pakistan, Tashkent, and Islamabad, and, and others to the Happy New Year gang. Thank you for your patience. I have patience? Well, more than some and less than others. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. We have a whole 30 minutes till the next time. Oh, now I see I was wondering why the Etherpad is so occupied. And this is because there is all these um, timestamps <clears throat> in it. Yes, this show uh, follows New Year's entering different time zones from uh, Christmas Island. And then it will end up 
dam back in Hawaii or something. We're taking the long way around. All right. Was that bad company or what? Sorry? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> take the long way home. I don't remember who did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have that. Uh, there, there's a part of me that I call my inner DJ that will always grab different song lyrics. Like my brother, who bounces around most of the continental U.S., I always think of him with the Johnny Cash's I've Been Everywhere. And the answer is Supertramp. I had to go look it up. Where do I... I see that some of the guys have, have the microphone deactivated. And I have, while doing the installation, I, I did this push to talk. But where do I now see whether I use that or not? Do you Are you familiar with Mumble? Can I see that? Or is this, once you have done it in the configuration, it is just there? Well, you should have a push to talk little square window. I did. I've changed mine to uh, voice activated and then open my uh, volume control box and I'm using it manually. Of course, I'm in Bodhi, which is not the easiest thing to use sometimes, and sometimes it's a sheer pleasure. But it doesn't show it to you then later on while you're using it. It, it, it is not obvious that I push now the button to speak. Uh, unless my my I see now my guy gets blue. Ah, is it that because my my name is now in 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 bold letters and and I'm blue that that I see that I that you hear me. Different clients may have different things, but we usually have a little icon, and when you're talking, there's some kind of the icon changes. I'm going to let go of my push to talk, and you should see a change in in the icon. Yeah. Now, now I see it. Now I find it out where it is. Sorry, guys, for disrupting. Um, my, my my little icon in front of my name gets um, it turns blue and it gets this thing when I push the button. Okay, so I, I just didn't want to interrupt them um, if if it is um yeah well, I didn't understand how that works. I tried the the snap install works flawlessly. I'm on the uh, flat pack because it works better on some systems. Uh, but it not only turns blue, notice there are sound waves on both sides of your head. Sound waves? What, what? You'll see You'll see on the side of your head that there are these little... Parentheses. Uh, parentheses type things that, that appear when you're talking. Yes, yes, I got them too, yes. Oh, and this was meant with the sound wave. Okay, good. Also, the kind of questions that you're asking are exactly the kind of questions that need to be asked but to help the others that are going to be listening to this down the road. So you're actually doing a great service to our community by um, by asking the questions that you're asking. You weren't intruding at all. I, I had rather a, a bad conscience because um, on on this page, on the, on the entry page at the moment, um, they also wrote that um, as a preparation to use Mumble, you can listen to HBR 3503. <laughs> well, as as I said earlier, this uh, this podcast especially is interrupt driven. Between the, the pauses we have to salute the new year, everybody's welcome to jump in, tell us where you're calling from, and all sorts of interesting information. In interesting information, I am making, uh, I, I have the intent of rejoining Mintcast uh, with the next episode. I have fallen to number 10 on the uh, frequency of 
uh, guest uh, co-host list, and I want to at least move back up to nine. Well, I'm sure you're going to be welcome now. Uh, yes, our Swiss friend reminds me of a uh, of a big event in my life. Um, 1997, I uh, went to Mass General, and uh, I had uh, a Swiss fellow help me with the thyroid problem that I was having at the time. Well, she was a Mass General fellow, but she definitely wasn't a fellow. Very, very lovely young lady. And and where is the relation to to Switzerland? Or I didn't I didn't get it. She was a Swiss. She was doing postgraduate or postdoctorate studies at Mass General on on uh, endocrine systems. I raised my hands over over my head, and my face turned all kinds of pretty colors. And within a a month or two, my thyroid had been removed by a cancer surgeon. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, something that stays in memory. Well, my thyroid had been reduced ten years earlier, but it was causing a crick in my neck. Literally, it was crowding my windpipe and and blood vessels and such. And uh, yes, I've had my throat cut professionally twice. Wow. Okay. Does does this um does this still hurt? Oh no, it. It heals up pretty quick, but I'm just saying, although the first time uh, they were using basically staples to hold the, the, in order to get at the thyroid, they have to basically have a circular cut around, sort of around your collarbone. And when I woke up from that surgery, I had this railroad track of staples around my, you know, the front of my neck. A friend of mine had uh, helped me get up so I could go to the, use the restroom. And one of the nurses came in and was not very happy with me. <laughs> Too much pressure. Well, she said, "She said you're supposed to stay in bed." And I said, "Believe me, if there'd been anything wrong, you would have seen scorch marks on the sheets as I went back to bed." <laughs> okay. So, so it went fine in the end. It went fine. And the second time, they instead of staples, they were using these little tape things, and my surgeon got a little upset when I took off the outer layer of bandaging, and he said, you took off too much. Well, unfortunately, he may have known which was the outer layer and which was the inner layer, but I didn't. And it's not like uh, I was going to pose for GQ anytime soon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how much um, <clears throat> how much improvement you, you see in the, in the hospitals. I mean, there were times when you, when you broke your leg and you, you got this, this white thing. I don't know the name in English uh, around it. And, and nowadays they do this thing with plastic and you shall move it very early and then things like that. It really has changed a lot, I think. Yes, the you're talking about the old days of heavy plaster casts versus fiberglass or whatever they're using today. Yeah, when when, when I broke my leg, um, I got this white, this white cast around it and... Um, you had it for six weeks and there was no way around it. And after six weeks, they took it away from you. And now they have this thing they can, you can open and close so you can take a bath or whatever. Not, not like it was in the olden days. So, and then they say to you, you put some weight on it much earlier than you did in, well, you shouldn't have done it in the past and so on. So I think it's really, we did quite some improvement in, in the last 20 years. If you, if you see it here and there. Yeah, a friend of mine had a series of cataracts um, some years ago, and 
every time she went in for surgery for the cataracts, it was a smoother and faster procedure and faster recovery. There's a lot of stuff that's changed since back in the day. Yeah, fully agree. Of course, back in the day, um, when I was a baby, I was in Boston Floating Hospital, I'm told, which was actually a hospital on a, on a ship. Uh, and uh, that's, that's, where I, that's where I was uh, treated. Now, it's, now all the hospitals are modern, super fancy buildings. Have you been your whole life uh, only in the U.S., or did, did you leave the country at some, at some moment? Well, yes, I've spent most of the time in the Boston area, but with occasional forays into civilization uh, in Maine or and West Virginia. The liberals around here, well, I find myself to be a ref refugee from the country. A refugee from the country, from the countryside, or from the U.S.? From the countryside, my my folks were small town. I was raised as a '50s kid in the '60s. Very small town. Uh, leave it to Beaver. You know, very very much out of step with the with anyone around here. This part of New England is very very liberal. Just as an FYI, the O in country is silent in American English, at least. Uh, if you're talking county, which is a smaller portion of the political unit uh then you use it but when the r is there it's country great thank you <laughs> wasn't aware of that yeah, it my, makes no sense english is tough my pr pronunciation may not be the best also down in west virginia the counties handled the countryside between the towns here in new england the county is more or less a extra layer of government but the towns abut each other so the county system is is less really functional while in west virginia there was a small town near my dad's farm but he was not in the town so he didn't pay town taxes he only paid county taxes right down here in tennessee we even have county mayors i never heard of that before moving to tennessee and it's well, really interesting because there is a knox county mayor and a knoxville mayor uh, and Uh, loads of fun. Uh, you get down to Louisiana, they don't have counties, they have parishes. It, it's really fun because some, some people say, um, well, some people never leave the, the, the U.S. In, in their whole life. And, um, but they say they, they, they lived in different states or in different areas. And they say this is like moving into a different country because country, because, um, things, things can be totally different from, from one to the other. Yeah, well, you see, the places where, where I'm comfortable, uh, firearms are common and legal, and things are pretty conservative, church-going type stuff. While here in Boston, they're very much against firearms ownership, even legal firearms ownership, and, every, and a lot of the people who are making the r rules are making them pretty arbitrarily. Um, and anyway... It's all the Unitarians and Irish. Let's go for stereotypes, shall we? <laughs> That's, this, this is the standard way to go. Uh, another, another question. Um, the audio at the beginning and at the end of the, of the HBR podcasts now, do you like it better than it was before? Or what, what, is, your, what is your take on it? I don't do enough HBR to, 
to know. The other folks here probably might know. Not me. I hardly ever listen to HPR, but they have been very useful in our podcasts because they've allowed us to use their uh, mumble room from time to time. Oh, okay, so you're not a typical uh, HPR listener in that case. What, what well, your... my, my partner in uh, Distro Hopper's Digest is a regular HPR guy, but he's not here right now. Um, I would think Honky Magoo would be the person to answer that question, and he's only chiming in every half hour, apparently. Yeah, I, I think he has to be in because he does um, the, the recording the recording as well as um, Ken. Ken. I expect that Ken would be also recording it. I'm not sure. But well, last Ken has had connection problems, and Honky is somehow tapping uh, the audio with from Mumble without using the Mumble's internal recording system. It's above my mm-hmm. pay grade. Yeah, there, there is a link on the on on the page where he says if somebody does a the record as well. But and well, I, I just scrolled it through it on the on the HPR side, and um, I wasn't sure what is what it is meant to be. If it is kind of a bash script or um, or something like that. That there is a long long line about the middle or end of the page. Well, any, anyway, he he's using a new method this time. That supposedly, as long as he's got a connection here. Uh, his backend stuff will keep creating files and rotating them every every so often. I'm pretty much an experienced novice with with Linux. Uh, I stayed with DOS for a very long time. Then I then I jumped to Windows, uh, Windows Seven especially. But when they started playing around, forcing you to go to Windows Ten, I jumped to Linux. Yeah, I played around with Linux a lot from about 2002, uh, but uh, I tried from time to time to go 100% Linux, and I think uh, between 10.04 and 12.04, I did. Uh, that's Ubuntu numbers. Uh, and then with 12.04, uh, Unity wouldn't run on my hardware, and I wasn't experienced enough to know how to get a different desktop on, so I went back to Windows for a while. And likewise, when they tried to force me to Windows 10, I saw all the security holes open and closed down all the ones I could and still had too many open and uh, reverted to Windows 7 and found that it left all those holes open that weren't open before. And so I said, screw this. And uh, I went to Linux Mint 17 at that time. And I've been on Linux ever since. Well, Only. I'm running Mint right at the moment. Um, it's okay. I find uh not being able to do updates through synaptic to be a bit of a pain i run all my updates in terminal so that's not an issue okay there is a program that you need to look for it's called ucare system core it's uh it, if you're using a a debian based distro it it will uh it's a great terminal uh update system and it also trims trims your uh, kernels. Okay, I've never needed a particularly trim kernel, but that's, uh, I'll look into that. What's the name again? Ucare System Core. Okay. Most now, of what I run is Debian or Ubuntu base. Uh, I prefer Ubuntu base to straight Debian base. Uh, Debian always feels like a straitjacket to me. Well, the, the what I mean by trimming your kernels is every so often you'll get a 
kernel update. And after a while, you can have six or eight different kernels uh, in your boot, in your grub boot menu or what have you. It okay. will it will allow you to have two or three automatically, and it cleans up the others, so so you don't get a lot of dead kernels. Well, I use auto remove fairly regularly, and with Mint. And most Ubuntu based, that's pretty safe because it usually leaves the current kernel, the previous kernel, and the original kernel. Well, they, you got to remember that this is a UCare is probably a script, so it's probably using auto remove in the background. Uh huh. But for those of us who don't have the command line foo to do that, or who who want to be able to do updates over SSH, this is a this is a very handy little. Uh, updater and maintenance tool netminer what did you call is that is the name of the tool it's called ucare system core is that spelled with a y or a u it's spelled with a u c a r and system core with a dash in between or all in one word i believe it's all one word try to type that in the etherpad ucare so it's ucare system basically never heard of that one I found after a while some um, <clears throat> bash command. I can show you in the Etherpad because it is quite large. Uh, and this does analyze how much kernels you have installed. And then it writes you the sudo command that you then can enter by yourself. And it will clean out all the old kernels. And then um, at the end, you do, as Moss said, uh, the sudo, the, the auto remove. But there I also have. Um, a little bit a longer one. Okay, I put a discussion on the tool in the uh, channel. Um, the tool itself is hosted on GitHub. It's ucaresystem-core. Thank you. I put, link, I put that same link in the uh, in the show notes. Do, uh, do we have a link to the, the GitHub page? I can get that half a second. There you go. Thank you, sir. You're quite welcome. Yeah, I don't use it as much as I should, but it has been my favorite tool on on a lot of uh, Ubuntu-based systems. Well, as I said, I play with everything, but I seem to settle on Ubuntu-based because it's uh, freer than Debian-based, and I'm quite comfortable and apt. Um, I I just don't get this... Uh, Minus cap SYU stuff on Pac-Man. <laughs> I am currently also using an Arch derivative called uh, Arco Linux, and it seems to be very comfortable for me, which is interesting. I have used several Arch distros, and this is the first one that actually uses Grub and will share with a, a Debian slash Ubuntu-based system. With Manjaro, it either controlled the Grub entirely, or if uh, an Ubuntu-based system held the grub, it would not boot. It would boot to black screen, and I'd have to actually use BIOS boot to get to it. And Arco Linux is not doing that to me. Well, now, what is Arco Linux? Arco Linux is an Arch project uh, that they basically want to get beginners into Arch. And the, long, the more you progress, the closer you get to real Arch, they claim. I haven't gotten to that point yet, of course. Uh, has several desktops, just like any Arch system. I'm using Mate. Uh, I also installed UKUI. I installed Plasma and, um, um, 
LXQT and no, no I could not I could not get them to, I do not know right now. I could not get the plasma stuff to update. I don't know why. I think maybe their plasma repo was messed up or something. But Mate works like I just like I'm using Linux Mint Mate for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I'm an XFCE guy. Well, they definitely have that. I I was burned out on XFCE. It might be good now, but it's only been a few few versions now that they actually improved the graphics on XFCE and um it was pretty ugly for quite a while. Everyone's going, use MX Linux. And I use MX Linux, and it just ah blew my eyeballs out. So we are on the next, are we already in the next time zone? Ah, 1433 should be if there is a half-hour time zone. No, I don't think the, it's a half-hour time zone yet. Oh, well, maybe it is, 230, 2030. Yep, 1433, <laughs> like I said. Oh, here I am, sorry. <laughs> Easy for me here in Europe. <laughs> Who are we welcoming this half hour? We're welcoming Afghanistan, Kabul, Kandahar, Mazari, Sharif, Herao. And if the Taliban lets those people have any modems, welcome. Yes. Well. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, Netminer. Hey, hey honey. Hey, there we are. Well, that's why I, I think of him as Mr. Biden, because I a real president wouldn't have screwed the pooch like. Looks like I came just in time. <laughs> Look, all we're miss- missing is Mortensy. Oh, yeah. Jo- I see Joe's in here, too. Has he been on? He nope. was earlier. <laughs> Not since I've been on, anyhow. Oh. Now, Netminer's been uh, holding the fort down since the beginning. All well, right. Uh, that's great. Mort- Mortensy was here. He seems to be doing all right. Although, I guess this is the calm before his next storm. Oh. Yeah. Been pretty rough. Oh, I've got the... Uh, the Jitsi server up too. Well, that'll be fun. I can't. Yeah. Connect, I, I'm not going to connect to it right now because I'm kind of uh, back and forth. I'm work de Christmasing the house, so it's taking all the Christmas stuff down, cleaning. I just kind of keep on popping in back and forth. When anytime I go downstairs, I kind of put the headset on, listen to what's going on, might uh, say a few things, and then pop off. Yeah, I'm kind of doing the same, just doing some housework. I'm just wearing my boxers, so I'm not going to be on video anyway. <laughs> It'd be super popular, though. <laughs> It'd be that or the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, that's a bit of TMI, I think. Yeah, most definitely. Although, since I'm the king of no camera, I, I shouldn't, shouldn't throw any stones. I drop off for a while. Talk to you later, guys. See ya. Nice talking to you. Yeah, uh, we had talked in the Matrix room. We had talked about Funkwell. I've been using that lately, and... Uh, it's really, it's really well done for how early in the project it is. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Well, yeah. I have bad news. Betty White just died, and this is real. Wow, really? that's crazy. When did that happen? My wife just was... earlier today. Oh, wow. Because my, my wife was talking about her last night and how she's uh, just turned 100? She's still 99. Oh, she was turning 100 soon. Yep. Is uh, January seventeenth, nineteen twenty-two, to December thirty-first, twenty twenty-one. So she was only eighteen days from her hundredth birthday. Wow! Dang! With a television career spanning over nine decades, White has worked longer in that medium than anyone else in the television industry, earning her a Guinness World Record in twenty eighteen. I remember when she was playing an, uh, an older woman in Golden Girls, and that was like thirty, what, thirty years ago? <laughs> yeah. Maybe no, yeah, about thirty years ago. 
All right, guys. My wife is complaining that I'm not spending enough time with her, so I'm going to uh, probably just mute my mic and go away. Don't expect to hear from me for a while. All right. Yeah, well, the the lady interrupts her. Hey, Moss. Hey, Joe. (coughs) Joe has opened his mouth. (laughs) How's it going, bud? Chewing on this apple, yeah. Yeah. It's going good. It's going good. But apparently Scott talking about Morton, so you got him in here. Sorry, Joe. Hello? I was disconnected earlier. Well, like I said, I'm muting and going away for a while, but I should be back. I really love my new Think Center. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Think Center. It's maybe not a new one, but... Well, this is a refurb, so it's probably five years old anyhow, but... Yeah, I've got a nice refurb, but I... it's pretty good. Uh, the only thing, <clears throat> thing is that I need a... a DVD uh, mount for for it, and, and it's all proprietary. <laughs> okay, see you guys later. See you. See you, Moss. Yeah, we summoned uh, Mordency out of thin air. Hey, Danny. Happy New Year, buddy. I mean, Minex, sorry. It's fine. Everybody knows the gig is up. The secret's out now. It's my secret identity. Yeah. We have, um, yeah, we were, we were having... A great time, including a gentleman from Switzerland. Have you all watched the movie yet? The uh, Space Marine movie? I watched it. Yes. It wasn't as good as I remembered it being the first time I watched it. The funny thing is, I think it's actually better than what I originally thought it was. (laughs) I I originally started watching it, and I had a little expectation at first. And then uh, the more I watched I'm like, all right, this is actually pretty good. Well, I got till next week, Friday, to watch it, right? Yeah. 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 Today. I, uh... I didn't expect much just because I didn't really know the lore and stuff. I thought it'd be kind of confused, but it it explained enough in the movie to let you know what's, you know, what's going on. Maybe not the whole Warhammer lore, but at least enough to to see what's going on in the movie. Yeah, if we want to put a business together, making miniatures or live uh 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 costume stuff for people like uh components that are actual size there's tons of money in that oh and uh in the warhammer universe universe yes they are like beyond uh cosplayers See, i haven't seen the cosplay stuff i've I did, done the miniatures but i've never seen any of the cosplay stuff uh, it's really big over in europe you should uh, so i've heard you, you should uh check out a couple youtube videos on it cool also uh yeah, well, there was somebody who was going through the Warhammer 40k, 40k lore, lore, like a podcast or YouTube or what? YouTube channel, and I guess it some of that is is pretty deep waiting. Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, lore, a uh, lot of books, and uh, like each each group has their own lore and all and like just layers upon layers upon layers of story. And yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> also, it is deliberately disjointed. What do you mean? The lore is, has built in voids, inconsistencies, and just sort of black areas. It is not designed to be a seamless history of like we would consider from normal history. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's done on purpose because the whole idea of the game is you're supposed to be kind of uh, doing those battles yourself. Well, I, what I'm saying is it's not um, like other. I briefly did some tabletop uh, marine games. It it's not one one coherent thing. You're 
there's a lot of room for improvisation and for a continued correction and expansion. There was an old uh, thrash metal band, Bolt Thrower. They did a whole album that was uh, Realms of Chaos. It was all uh, Warhammer stories. It was great. Really? Yeah. If you can't find it, I'll throw it on the Plex. All right. I think World Eater is my favorite song on that album, Realms of Chaos. I'll have to look for it. Oh, has anyone gotten a chance to get out and see either Spider-Man or Matrix? See Matrix. Yeah, but, I saw Matrix. Yeah, Matrix, uh, Matrix one is one Matrix, of the guys that did it. Available digitally, right? Right. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. I, I've been seeing it advertised. I just hadn't... My coworkers said it sucks. Now, so I don't know if it does or not. That's what he says. That's what he says. Matrix? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that did a talk at uh, uh, OLF is from Columbus, and his company... I think it was called, um, I don't remember what it was called, uh, uh, but they uh, rented out the Gateway Film Center down near the convention center and uh, had a, a free tickets for uh, uh, The Matrix uh, the night it came out in Columbus. What did uh, y'all I think? I was a little worried at the beginning with all the references back to Hollywood redoing things and making money on stuff and metadata and all that, um, uh, but it didn't. Uh, it seemed like the uh, it, it seemed more like uh, uh, comments back to people who hadn't seen the original trilogy, you know, to say that we're redoing this um, uh, kind of to set a standard. So it's a standalone movie, but there was enough stuff in it that referenced back to the other movies that was uh, uh, entertaining and funny. If you'd seen the first three. Yeah. Entertaining yeah. and funny. If you, <laughs> Didn't like the first three. Uh, <laughs> kind of sad if you did. <laughs> I have no opinions, by the way. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Wasn't great. I I didn't like necessarily dislike it, but it it just it wasn't great. And like you said, that that whole beginning where it kind of makes fun of its well, I mean, it almost like makes fun of itself. Uh, yeah, but that was a little bit weird. But again, I also forgot that apparently they uh, they both uh, him and Trinity both died at the end of the other one. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. It's funny, I thought I rewatched it somewhat recently. Well, they did make reference in the movie to that, that they had died, but that so-and-so had kept them, uh, had, had re-resurrected them. Yeah, Doogie Howser. <laughs> yeah, really. Dr. Harris. Do- Doogie Howser's the main Doogie bad Howser. guy. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first that's thing I said when I saw I him. Your was, mother? Yes. He was a lot nastier in How I Met Your Mother. That probably set him up for this a little better. Did anybody see, uh, what was this Christmas movie called? 8-Bit Christmas? What Christmas? 8-Bit Christmas. It was about uh, uh, him trying to get a uh, um, a Nintendo as a kid. No. Nope. Watch Dr. Horrible Sing Along. Well, I tend not to watch any Christmas movies. They have no relevance for me. Anybody see Black Friday? The Bruce Campbell movie? No. What was that about? Uh, the Black Friday sale and like a, 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 a store that he's running. It looks like it's invaded by deadites. It looks like just a, a Evil Dead side project or something. It looks funny. Is it S-Mart? I don't remember. I'm going to have to find that. But it's on my Plex. I'm going to have to watch that. Whatever happened to Bruce Campbell, anyhow, he was such an action figure when he was younger, and then the next time you see him, he's... Boop. <laughs> it's actually Allmart instead of S-Mart. It's Allmart instead of S-Mart? And it's not 
Dead shots. I, I liked him in a um um Burn Notice. Burn Notice was a Burn, great oh, show. Yeah. Loved Burn Notice. And the well, side I movie. Burn well, I loved Burn but I had no idea that was Bruce Campbell for the longest time because he looked so different from when he was, say, Briscoe County Jr. That was a great show, too. That was a great show, too. I still have not watched Briscoe County Jr., but really? I watched Burn really? Notice specifically because Bruce Campbell was in it. Did you say there was a side movie? Yeah, Sam Ash. Yeah, there's Sam a Ash. Sam Ash movie. Sam Ash. I believe I saw that. Okay. And, like, Bruce Campbell lost all that weight and basically didn't look anything like he looked like during the series, but he was supposed to be 20 years younger or whatever. Anybody watch Ash vs. Evil Dead? Uh, HBO series? I watched a few episodes of it, but I wasn't a big Evil Dead fan in the first place, so I didn't keep watching. Loved it. Was so mad they canceled it after three seasons. I watched the first two. I still gotta watch the third. Watched the first season. I started the second season. El Jefe! (laughs) I still have all the episodes of Briscoe County Jr. saved on my hard drive, so. <laughs> that was a good show. They never should have canceled that one. Yep. With Christian Clements and almost playing a normal person for a change. Which one was he? Did not hear what you said there. Oh, I was asking, which one was Christian Clemenson? Uh, Christian Clemenson is the, uh, he's a little bit on the round side. He's tall. He's got extremely white blonde hair. Uh, he was on Boston Legal for a long time, playing uh, Asperger's, a uh, really seri- severely Asperger-type person. He's uh, been on a number of other shows playing different levels of Aspie. He was actually on, um, um, oh, what's that show with, with the autistic doctor, a surgeon? Uh, the he house? Was on, no, not house. Uh, the, the kid, uh, Freddie Hightower uh, is the actor's name. Um Based on a Korean medical show, but uh, I watch it all the time, and I just blanked. Anyhow, he he was on that as a guy who was in denial about being an Aspie. (laughs) So he usually gets Aspie roles, and on uh, Briscoe County Jr., he was more or less normal. He was just playing a regular lawyer. Well, an 1800s lawyer. Right. I remember we talking about. Still, Julius Randall is who really made that show. Yes, definitely. Well, hey, I guess you're not going to have to worry about doing any editing this year, Honky. Why is that? For um, this show, HBR, well, New Year's show. Why wouldn't I have to edit it? Nobody's recording it. I'm recording it. Oh, are you? I don't see Yeah, I'm recording the, uh, um, we're recording the stream. Oh, so okay. I'm doing, okay. So I'm, I'm providing the stream because um, I am. Where's it streaming to? Um, an ice caster, but... Um, it's the same URL that we have for the show notes, except for it's um, at port 8000 slash, um, good lord. That's a good one. Port, Thank good you. lord. I, I have it somewhere. Oh, my. It should be on the uh, HPR site. Hold on. Yeah, Joe was just seeing that there wasn't a mumble recording going on. Well, there was a lot of issues earlier. When uh, Ken was trying to record directly on here, it wasn't working. It was just causing dropped or the audio to be extremely pylonish. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I thought he was recording the stream as well. And I know I've, since I have the, uh, I'm running the IceCast server, I'm using a, um, a client for IceCast called Butt. And it has a built-in thing that I can uh, record 
So I have it every, it's, uh, doing a, starting a new recording every three hours. So hopefully, hopefully that's working. Hopefully. And wow, do we have a lot of people listening to the stream. Trust the system. Well, people listening to the stream. Let's see. Does it give me a total number at the top? No. So I'm going to have to let's see one, 20. Where is it being streamed to? YouTube? No. No. Uh, Icecast. Oh, uh, like I said. I was just wondering where people were listening to it. Are they actually tuning into the Icecast server? Uh, yeah. The Icecast server pops out a URL. And um, honestly, normally, if I had HTTPS set up to it, uh, you could probably just log into it straight through a browser. If not, it's better to pump it through like a VLC. Oh, okay. I tried to get my wife involved, and she doesn't seem to be interested. So, so who was it uh, that also had a Think Center? I have uh, a couple of them. What Brent, models? What M fifty eight desktop and a what is it eighty three tower? I recently got one refurbed for free, and I'm having problems with it. I don't know what model it is. Okay, I got a refurb M seven hundred through eBay, and it's it's a joy little bitty thing. It's supposedly a desktop, I guess. They usually show people buying brackets and hanging them on the back of their TVs. Well, I need to try to get something grabbed out of the post office before the weekend. So I'm going to have to break off here and clean up, and I'll catch you later. Have a good one. See you, matter. I may just leave the channel open. Be safe. Yeah, I got this little bitty thing center. It's about the size of an external DVD drive. And it's replacing a, a Z800 workstation, so that's a huge difference. So if anyone wants to buy a Z800 workstation, I've got one, but the shipping is going to be enormous. Morton C, what's wrong with your uh, with your Lenovo, your little Think Center? Um, well, it wasn't doing anything when I booted it up. Oh, the power light would come on. No beep runs out. Uh, two of the installing it drives. You're really low. You're really low, are you? Yeah, very muffled. How about now? You sound yes. good now. Uh, two of the three memory sticks were bad, and now I'm having problems booting after installing to a hard drive, and I can't get back into the BIOS. I'm assuming I need to switch EFI on or off for legacy mode or something. Well, the first thing I did since it came with Windows 10 was to install Linux to it, and it was a bear to do that because they have a different uh, BIOS than they have on their uh, laptops. And I had to get with get together with Leo and uh, a couple of other people and figure that there's an interesting combination of things I had to do to get it to start booting uh, from my USB stick. And I published it to itsmoss.com if anyone's interested. <laughs> Put a link in the show notes. So, Hockey, have you tried out that funk whale yet? Not yet. Uh, this week it's been surprisingly hard to get uh, down here to work on anything. It's it's pretty neat, man. It's like uh, it's fairly professional, like when you compare it to the desktop interfaces for for um, how Google Play Music was or or um, Spotify. It's very similar. Your wish is my command, Joe. It pulls in all the album artwork and all that stuff. What, what, what was my wish? Your magic words were put a link in the show notes. Oh, that wasn't my words. That was mine. But thank you all the same. Oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like Joe Honky. Well, actually, I put a link on on the Mumble page, so it'll have to be transferred to the show notes. The, the hardest part about Funkwell, or the most time-consuming, is just 
tagging your library correctly. And uh, so I didn't realize how disjointed mine was until I brought it through a tagging program and realized, oh my God, it's just a big mess. Because uh, Funkwell needs that metadata to show your library uh, correctly. Right. But I installed it through Docker, the multi-container setup, and uh, everything went smooth except for the proxy settings, just because my proxy situation is a little bit different. And once I got that working, it, it, everything rolled in just nice. And then once I get everything tagged correctly and uploaded, I've uploaded, uh, I'm going by letters, so I've uploaded A through E so far, and then just kind of doing a letter at a time. Once I get everything done, I'll make it public. Nice. Then you can see how terrible my music taste is. <laughs> oh, and I haven't I haven't dived into the Federation part either yet. I, you can see other uh, pods, I guess they call them, Funkwell pods. And follow them and stuff like that. And they can follow you. And um, depending on how they have their library configured, you can either listen to it if they have it made public for other pods or other servers, I guess. Or if they make it... Um, Oh, they only make it public if you're registered on that particular server. So it just depends how it's how they configure theirs. How terrible is your taste in music? You're not a house fan, are you? Uh, there's not. I don't. There may be some house music on there. Uh, when I stopped um, collecting music was maybe ten or eleven, maybe fifteen years ago. So that's kind of where my taste ends. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and, and from then I just switched to YouTube, and uh, I didn't do um, what's the other, what's the big music streaming service? Uh, Spotify. Yeah, I didn't do Spotify, but I did. I had a Google Play Music account, and that eventually morphed into YouTube Music, and it also yeah. gives me access to YouTube Premium, I guess. So I just went ahead and kept it. Google Play Music go away. Yeah, just like all other Google projects, they don't really care about. But it has got me diving back into my old libraries and listening to music again, which is cool. And there's a lot of stuff that I forgot how much I liked. And so I listen. I've been and the Android app is great for phone. The Funkwell app, it's it's really well done. Uh, so I use that a lot. And uh, you can use it to subscribe to podcasts and stuff like that too. So it, it's. It's got a lot of features. If, if anybody didn't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, Funkwell is a kind of a decentralized music hosting service that you host yourself, kind of like Spotify, but it's federated. So you can communicate with other servers, kind of like Mastodon. They use the ActivityPub uh, protocol, and it's just for music, though. So you upload all your music, or you can make an account on somebody else's server if you don't want to host your own. And uh, they have quotas on how much you can upload and stuff. But if you host your own, you know, you give yourself as much space as you want. I think I have I have all my music hosted on a separate um, drive, which is a 256 gigabyte SSD, I think. So I've got plenty of space. Honky said he'll be back later. Come the threats. <clears throat> this weekend is uh, dedicated to PeerTube, so I want to get that up and running. And that's kind of the s- same way. It's a federated... Uh, hosting service but for video and it also uh if if you, your network needs it you can it gives you uh, peer-to-peer uh streaming capabilities to to relieve some of the stress on your network so i'm currently installing that i have to get that configured but yeah if you want to decentralize 
kind of your media life. Funkwell and PeerTube are both good ways to do it. PeerTube is cool. I could. Uh, what I plan on doing is just hosting videos of my different electronics projects and build projects and stuff like that, and and post posting those to my PeerTube server. And uh, it has live streaming stuff like that, kind of like OBS and uh, other services. And, but it's ma- mainly meant as like a YouTube alternative. But that you know, it's decentralized, so it's just dependent on the users. There's no central authority, so you got to take the, kind of the good with the bad. You know, there's going to be some pretty nefarious stuff on the PeerTube network, but that's just the way it goes. You guys saying earlier that Betty White died? Yeah, that's what Moss was saying. Thanks. I believe in the Bible. That's one of the signs of the coming of the apocalypse. Right? She's older than sliced bread. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, even as old as she is, still, like, it's one of those kind of running jokes is that she'll outlast everybody. Weeks before her 100th birthday. 2021 claimed another one. Oh, yeah. She, she, she could have waited. It's one more day. You know, she would have made it to 2022. guess that's not how it works. I, uh, I got on Fweeb's, uh blog, but the last post that I found on there was him describing, you know, getting ready for his trip, his road trip. I guess he'll be living on the road for a while. So, Fweeb, if you're listening to this, you need to update your blog so we know how your adventure is going. Joe, <clears throat> anything you've been working on? Nah, I mean, patient, really. Any 3D printing? I need to get the 3D printer up and running. I, I was able to pick up some uh, filament on the give and take, one of the give and take sites. So I have a, a bunch more filament that I got for free. It's all ABS, so I'm going to need an enclosure for that. Then I have just a huge amount of PETG sitting there waiting to be used. And I think... Um, Two and a half spools of PLA still. I've got plenty of printing that I can do, but I don't know what I want to 3D print next. I've been watching uh, videos of those uh, those build-it-yourself, those Core XY printers, like the Voron and, and those. Man, those things are pretty impressive. Yeah, and look like a lot of work. A lot of work. But I think if I were to get another 3D printer, it would be something similar to that. Just because of the trade-off for the work is quite pretty good. I mean, considering the speed and stuff like that, uh, I like I like how they uh, 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 can handle really fast prints, and and uh, I, I imagine I would learn a lot during the building process too. I have a uh, volcano uh, and uh, the hot end or a heater block in the V6 hot end right on my desk right now, waiting to be installed. So. Uh, the volcano is pretty cool. The heater block, it, can, it comes with a bunch of uh, different nozzles. The biggest one is 1.2 millimeters. That's pretty big. Yeah. You yeah really I think put, the, put the biggest one I have, I, I might have some one, but I think most of the large ones that I have are like 0.8, but I haven't even switched away from, what what is it, 0.4? Yeah, 0.4 is usually default. Uh, I, I'll probably end up putting on the 0.8 nozzle. I won't be going too crazy. And... Uh, but even that is, you know, when you when you go up double the size like that, that's actually a quadruple of the surface area coming out of the nozzle. So throw out a lot of extra heat. Yeah, bring definitely. Your, bring your speed down just a little bit. But that's that's why I got that that new heater block, that volcano heater block to handle the bigger nozzle. Because now with the default, uh, just the Ender three setup I have, uh, just pushing Petgy through there is, you know. I'll get some skipping sometimes 
even when I've got it at like you know 245 for the for the nozzle temperature. So right. I imagine this will help. Is anybody excited for CES this year? Not as much as I used to be. Uh, yeah. I'm not seeing the kind of coverage from um, like you know podcasters and tech podcasters at CES like I used to. Maybe yeah. I'm not looking for it as much, but I'm not seeing like really good coverage of it by people that I like. Maybe you're just not as dialed in as you used to be either. You know, could be it. Maybe I'm getting old. Yeah, I, I, my interests have kind of shifted from like consumer gadgets to like uh, more like components that you can use in your own builds and stuff like that. Like that, like some of the single board computers I'm really interested in that are coming out uh, soon and stuff like that. And, but they're not going to really be a big CES staple. Same thing with like gaming consoles, and I'm kind of stuck in the past when it comes to that. Computer, even computer games, you know, it, I, I tend to play stuff that's already been out for a long time. Like I didn't even, I didn't even look at the Steam, uh, the winter sale, holiday sale. Yeah, I haven't either. I have a couple of games that I think I have uh, marked to send me an email if they go on sale, and I know that I'm waiting on Tiny Tina's Wonderland. But that'll be a couple of months from now, I think, before that comes out. Yeah, I haven't even been playing Borderlands all that much lately. Oh, I, since we're talking about games, what I have been playing, though, is that uh, that new Android uh, PS2 emulator, uh, Atherestics 2. Uh, I'm really impressed with the performance from that thing. And, what games uh, are you playing on it? Right now, well, right now I'm playing that uh, X-Files game uh, that came in on PS2 just because I'm a big X-Files fan. And it's actually pretty decent. You know, it's got a lot of the, you know, it has the uh, Duchovny and and um, uh, Jillian Anderson are the voice actors on there and, and a lot of references to the shows and you're figuring out mysteries and you got to kill zombies and things like that. But it's actually... Compared to most games, uh, uh, licensed officially licensed games, it's it's actually really good. If you, especially if you're into X Files, so I've been playing that, and I've got some uh, some RPGs on there too. I might d- delve into later, but just for you know, if you ever played the uh, the desktop PS2 emulator PCSX2, it's it's based on that code, so you have a lot of the same mm. options and stuff that you would have in that emulator. So yeah. I'll- Probably looks very similar to RetroArch then. Yeah, so I, I recommend it. If now it's the only the only bad thing is he's only distributing it on the Play Store. He doesn't doesn't have like uh, somewhere you know he has a GitHub, but it doesn't have the code on there, just like uh, docs and stuff. But um, so it, and you can only get it from the Play Store if you have uh, if he I guess if he's decided your processor is beefy enough to handle it. So, but I've been impressed. So. And uh, I use a little Bluetooth controller with it, and it, it works great with the controller. And you're doing that from your phone, so which phone are you using? I'm using the Galaxy S20. So yeah, that should be beefy enough. Yeah, I tried to push up the, um, what is that called when you when you double or triple the resolution? I tried to push that up, you know, past three or four, and it, it's, it gets some big time slowdown. So I keep it on one or two. Okay. But you have... You have the Note 10, right? Yeah, the Note 10 Plus. Yeah, yeah, that should be good enough, too. Should be, hopefully. If not, I'll have to, you know, an emulator on my Pi. Or you, uh... But I your think Pi, most of the games... Your, your Pine phone, too. You could just install it natively, a native emulator. 
Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure what the performance would be like. Probably pretty bad. Bad. A lot. But um, no, I think most of the games that that I like playing are even older than PS2. So I think what um, GTA Vice City came out on the PS1, and then um, Armored Core Masters of Arena came out on PS1. So I, I definitely shouldn't have any problems emulating those. Yeah, the the PS2 I think was the last console I actually bought, or it might have been the GameCube. It was around that same era, but. That was the last time I was into consoles, besides, besides like various handhelds and stuff. Yeah, well, so, emulation is still great on the PSP, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, nostalgia for that era, plus well, everything before dude, it, too, I, Super I Nintendo a, and stuff. I have a bunch of PSPs still that I repaired. Yeah, so have you been uh, putting those on eBay or what? Well, I had them on Facebook Marketplace, and I kind of got tired of dealing with people on Facebook Marketplace. I, I need to put them up again, but I, I tell you, you know, bring me a load of wood by and, I'll, and I'll, I'll hand one to you. Modded and ready to go. Like 16,000 games. For people wondering about that, he means firewood. Yeah, you perverts. <laughs> Other than that, I, I haven't been working on much. Um, you know, I got those grow lights built and ready to go. I ordered some more of those cob chips and, and then... Uh, Besides working on Funkwell and PeerTube, and and I have that new computer that I got from Mastodon that somebody gave away uh, not far from me. I picked that up, the i3 computer. Haven't okay. figured out what to do with that yet. I do have a couple of projects in the pipe. I'm, P, I have a PS3 in front of me that needs the um, CD, DVD drive, the disk drive, uh, taken apart and and fixed so that it actually pulls disks in and and back out and then um i need to check the model number and see if it's if it's moddable so it can work as an emulation station but I'll, a lot of them aren't so probably not but i'll definitely get that fixed and then i have a xbox 360 that i need to order a disk drive for um and and replace and then i'll have a whole bunch of working xbox 360s just sitting around and yeah um i have one pair of Hesh 3s that needs um, a new battery, and then two pairs of Hesh 3s that need probably a full cable replacement across the band. I, I just fixed some um, LG Tones, the True Wireless Earbuds, fixed a pair of those, and nothing exciting on that. Um, basically, the glue came apart on them and so i glued them back together i know i was going to ask you about that uh that open razor software have you used it have you tried yeah, that I yet did i did uh set up the open razor software but um it did not work for the razor nari ultimate oh, i got it all bad. set up it, yeah it's working i just don't have any other um razor devices that it would work for yeah i don't the only razor device i have is that Razer Kishi, the the phone controller, but uh, so I can't really test it on anything. I think if I dig through my stuff, I have one of those um, one of the USB sound cards that's supposed to provide um, what 7.1 audio for certain other Razer Kraken headsets. I'll check that out and see if it is in the list, but I I have to find it first. Oh, one thing I found out. Uh, recently is that Clone Zilla 
the cloning software has built-in SSH support, which was really cool because you can just uh, boot to a Clonezilla USB and then you can clone your drive uh, via SSH so you don't need a monitor or anything like that and clone it over the network. So I did that a couple times on my um, uh, the Rock 64s, I think they are, because uh, those are in cases that you have to actually disassemble the case to get the SD card out. And I didn't want to do that, so I tried booting into Clonezilla, and uh, it worked. And I could SSH and then LSBLK and find the drive and and just clone it via SSH over the network. It's pretty cool. Been doing some uh, server backup maintenance lately. Radio Shack is rebranding as a cryptocurrency exchange platform. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Just die already. Because it's a hundred and however many years old, and they want to keep it going. They should they should transform into like a, a parts warehouse, like a Deal Extreme or something like that. It, but they have you know local shipping instead of shipping from China. That that would be what I would like. Yeah. Well, I I always liked Radio Shack, but you know there aren't enough tinkerers out there, I guess, to keep them in business. I mean that's. That's a niche that they could fill, though, you know, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't agree with Joe. I think that that is a niche that needs filled and could be if they would push it that direction. I mean, even considering, I mean, I get what Joe's saying uh, about not a lot of tinkers out there, but there are enough to at least sustain a business as an online business. So I would agree with that, but not or, the. They could do the reason I always liked like Radio Shack in major the major metropolitan areas, you know. Yeah. The reason I liked Radio Shack in the past was it was a place that I could physically walk into and, and you know, buy the things that I needed. If I needed a resistor, at, you know, right now, I could walk in there and pick up any resistor that I needed. See, I, I think the maker movement is big enough to where they, they could come back and do that, you know, and they, it'd be sustainable. Now, would, would it be attractive to, like, um, investors, you know? public investors maybe not but i mean they could it, they could sustain their business like that look at i mean when every time i go to micro center their their kind of diy hobbyist you know section is is got full of people you know looking for components and stuff like that yeah i haven't been a, a radio shack fan ever since they got into cell phones and all that stuff way back in the day well most of your electronic stores once they start getting into that whole chain selling of um you know cell phones and have a wide selection of dvds then it's time to start looking for another store because they're about to go out of business yeah i mean there are already so many stores that do that you know from your best buys and stuff like that but you don't need any more of those and and people are more than likely going to go to a bigger store like that to get a mobile phone or to the carrier store rather than radio shack in the first place yeah just stupid decisions all the way around. Uh, well, once they start doing that type of thing, it's because they're trying to make deals with big businesses in order to keep their business alive. Well, they're not alive anymore. Right. Or just I mean, barely. Look what happened to, like, CompUSA. Or Fry's. Yeah, or, or, well, okay, I didn't see what happened to Fry's. Fry's just closed one day. Like, <laughs> yeah. they had empty shelves, and then they were closed. But Fry, Fry's was never into the heavily into the diy sector anyway they had a lot of components 
Right. It wasn't like, I mean, I worked there when they first opened up and uh, they had one little wall with like electronic components like resistors and stuff. And then the rest was like modems and, uh, you know, graphics cards and things like that. But they didn't they weren't really that kind of niche either. But they, I think they mainly suffered from just poor management and and poor inventory management. And, like, towards the later years when I would go in there, there would just be crap thrown everywhere and the sh- shells would be all out of whack. Yeah. And then the, the, the staff was worse than useless. Yeah, when I first got to Texas in, um, what was it, 2016, it was <clears> – <throat> fries was nice. And then it just slid downhill and it was – Better for me to go to Micro Center. But no, like with, uh, what was it CompUSA and what was that other one? Tiger Direct had stores for a while. Yeah, it wasn't the. Well, Tiger Direct kind of bought up CompUSA and then CompUSA did the whole cell phones, DVDs, I'm out of business. You got some good deals towards the end there, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I did. I, I did. I got like, what was it? Eight different power supplies, like high-end power supplies from their bargain bin for a dollar a piece. And they all worked. They were just store returns, and like somebody had kept a bracket out of it or something. A bunch of 1,000-watt and 850-watt power supplies. I still have a power supply tester somewhere around here. Those would make good bench power supplies. Yeah, I went through them. I sold a bunch of them, either separately or in systems that I had built for people. I don't think I have any left other than the one that's currently in my machine. Uh, I've always looked at those build those uh, build guides for building a bench power supply with the with the uh, with the PSUs and, and yeah. uh, they look interesting. The only thing is that I've always wanted I have a a good power supply. It's an old one, an old HP power supply, but uh, it's heavy and it's bulky and it's a pain in the butt to use. But it works good. But I've always wanted one with the scope and and uh, oscilloscope, and, and those are pretty pricey. And yeah, you know, I've seen people use the oscilloscope on, uh, you know, YouTube and all that, but I really don't have any idea. Yeah, I would, I would like to have one. They have the, the power supplies with the scope built in, and those are really cool. They're also pricey, though. Yeah, Ben Heck uses one all the time. All right, I'm gonna eat some lunch and. Uh, Drop off for a while. I may come back Which later. Uh, I got some leftover, uh, um, not ravioli, but like tortellini. Uh, it's pretty good. Disgusting. Actually. It's good. Good stuff. And I uh, got a, like a Greek salad. So we went out to eat the other night. That's what I'll be eating. So anyway, happy New Year's, guys. If I don't talk to you again, I'll see you. I'll see you next year. Ha ha ha. On Friday. Yep. All right. Talk to you later. Anybody else still on? I'm still on. Hey, Mordency. I'm here. Uh, evidently, the town is going to have the house inspected. That sucks. Sorry and, to hear that. Well, I know what their goal is, and uh, I'll just have to fight the best rear guard action I can. I believe their goal is to see me on the street so that they, their developer can pick up the property. For a very low price. Yeah. The low, low price of one net miner. Well, if it gives them a gold start to take back the mommy, they don't particularly care. I'm going to have my lawyer handle contacts to the town, but uh, I may have to bail out and see what I can do to handle some stuff. 
though coming back to this is probably going to be as healthy as anything that I'm going to be able to do. Hope to talk to you guys later. So, Morton, see what's been going on in your neck of the woods. You got any projects going on? I stepped away for a minute. Um, uh, uh, I heard you. Um, I'm working on trying to get that Think Center or Think Station or whatever it is, the desktop working. Um, <clears throat> I need to back up, back up stuff and migrate uh, my podcast to my new phone before the old one dies again. Well, what's happening to the old phone? It's five years, six years old. The USB charging board has been replaced twice, so is the battery. Uh, so nothing, SD so nothing specific. Your... The SD card in it is, is just as old, and it has 256 gigs of podcasts, and it's the only, there's no backup, there's no nothing. I need, to, I need a new podcast solution, workflow. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Hello. Uh, is my uh, audio all right? Yeah, it's actually really good. I am hailing from snow-covered Seattle, although I'm actually about to take off for just a second. I'll be right back. Uh, I'm also uh, working part-time on the two Proxmox uh, servers I have. One's in the cloud, which you're not supposed to do. And uh, the other one is uh, on that little mini AMD A6 1450, one of the uh, little minis that I have. I'm trying to get uh, Docker up and running and uh, the certificates um, to start doing all the projects like uh, Minix with the uh, Whale Tail and PeerTube and Jitsi and Matrix and see how much stuff I can run on a minimal amount of uh, virtualization. Mm. Uh, then for my uh, website, I'm uh, trying to get my Git flow working using Bitbucket. I'm trying to push. I'm doing something wrong, uh, but I'm pushing stuff up to my Bitbucket source. And then my virtual hosting has a feature that links into the Git and will pull pull updates. Uh, but then I'm having problems setting up the hooks correctly so it deploys it. Uh, so, I'm, uh, so it's one of those situations where I'm not getting it myself. And uh, it's either going to take me six months or two hours of mentorship with somebody who knows what they're doing. It sounds like you got a lot of fun planned. Well, the, the whole, uh, uh, with the website, I tried that with robertneal.com for my resume site, uh, to get it, uh, continuous, uh, deployment. Uh, I need to throw in, uh, tests somewhere, um, to test and use the results of the test to merge, merge to the master and then redeploy. But that was always something I wanted to do and could never get it working. Uh, I don't know, maybe eight years now that it's just been one of those don't have time to work through all the, what am I doing wrong? What's the right way to do it? My uh, uh, FX Tech Pro, the Linux phone with the keyboard, should be here sometime this month. Cool. I can't wait. Have you been watching cryptocurrency lately? I've been watching it. Uh, um, what do you call that? Um, jump rope? Yeah. Well, it's December. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the crashing always happens in December. I'm really hoping for... A lovely bounce come, well, not like first thing tomorrow or anything, but first quarter. Yeah, I anticipate it. I I'd, had I'd, I'd, uh, discussions with uh, people at work over the last five years uh, telling them, you know, uh, it's true values not been not been met uh, once it's um, has a, I don't know, about a 15 percent saturation use globally. A, a Bitcoin will probably be worth one one to a hundred million dollars, in my in my opinion, in my uneducated opinion. 
Yeah, somewhere between $1 and $100 million. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Oh, no, I meant $1 million versus $100 million. Ah, no, I, I mean, the more people no, use it, the greater uh, value it has. I was trying to have a conversation with my stepmother about cryptocurrency, and she just could not understand the concept of something have or a currency that didn't have some kind of backing to it in the way that you know fiat currency is supposed to and it's like even fiat currency is given value based on people's perception of what gold and silver is worth even though there's probably no actual backing of it now anyway yeah now it's backed by gdp usually but uh the the whole thing started with uh, the silk road and genghis khan um and genghis khan replacing gold and silver with paper paper notes so money is just a perception of value. I would argue that cryptocurrency has more value because it's, especially if it's decentralized, because right. it just right. shows where who who has the, the, the value. The value rests here. Right. And, you know, I tried to explain to her the fact that it's us that gives value to everything and how much we're willing to pay for it. And as long as there's somebody willing to pay for it, it has value. And then she's like, but it's not backed by anything, so it can't have any value. And it's like, you really think that your dollar is actually backed? And most of the U.S. dollar these days is digital anyway. So how is it any different? Yeah. And, And what was the value behind seashells and salt? Exactly. The value that people were willing to give it. To give it. Yeah, yeah. I'm nothing beyond that. But yeah, it was a futile conversation for probably an hour of me trying to come up with different analogies so that she could wrap her head around cryptocurrency. It just wasn't working. Wasn't working. There was a video, if I remember correctly, about explaining cryptocurrency uh, like a kindergartner, and uh, it made perfect sense. To everybody I showed it to. You know what I oh, think is funny? Is all the reactions to uh, the IRS saying, oh, everyone's saying it's real money, so we're going to tax it now. I mean, it's, it's very much like people want their cake and to eat it too. Like, no, it, it should yeah. be taxed. I agree Sorry. completely. It should be taxed. My major problem with it is how they're going about it and, and treating it like, trying to treat it like capital gains, but, you know, you have this group of day traders out there that are moving this around day how are they really supposed to keep track of the multitude of transactions that they make in the way that the government wants in order to provide to provide them with the tax numbers it's absolutely insane to try and do it that way and they i mean people do that with uh, stocks literally all the time you just have to build your systems to properly log things yeah maybe i mean if you want to treat it like money, then treat it like money. You know, don't do this half-ass thing where it's like, oh, we want it to be treated like money, but then we don't actually want to like have the consequences of it being treated like well, money. Well, they don't want it to be tracked is the whole thing. And so if it's not being tracked, then they don't have to pay taxes on it, which is stupid. It's trackable. To, I mean, Bitcoin is trackable by design. You can see the entire history of every Bitcoin. You can see every yes. transaction. Like, if you don't want to be tracked, use cash. Well, there are other ways with cryptocurrency, not necessarily Bitcoin, but with cryptocurrency itself to not be tracked. You don't have to attach your identity to the money that you're playing with, unless you're on specific exchanges. Yeah, well, if you think uh, the feds can't track that down, I got a bridge to sell you. 
Well, that was the whole point of the Silk Road and the scandal that was going on around that. They were using cryptocurrency in order to do less traceable transactions. Are there still ways to eventually track it down? Yeah, but you can still do um, transactions that aren't attached to yourself. I mean, my, I'm going to be honest, I, my biggest interest in blockchain is keeping a clear, um, oh, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, keeping track of, you know, the origins of an item or what the story of an item, like in a museum, people want to know the, um, oh, fuck, what's that word? Unfungible like, tokens? No. The idea is, uh, you have your ledger and, uh, let me, let me, uh, Google a word. I'm, I'm brain farting. I'll be right back. Finish shot. Hey, Joe. Is Happy New stopping? Year. Yeah, same to you, man. Happy New Year from Indian time zone, everyone. Uh, New Year started in US as well? Uh, no. It's like 3 p.m. here. I'm still at work. Okay, Joe, you know what happened? A flight from Taipei to Vancouver went bank at time. Huh? A flight from Taipei, which took on took off on Jan 1st, 2022, will arrive yeah. at Vancouver on December 31st. This came in the news because it crosses the international dateline. Right, <laughs> right. So it goes back in time. Yeah. Yeah. So basically a back to the future reference kind of thing was made out of it. Cool. So this will be on till what time today? Uh, like what, 5 a.m. tomorrow, so another 14 hours or so. Okay, Mike. Okay, Mike. So how was your year, Joe, in Linux? It was fun. Yes, finally I also moved completely away from window and settled on something. So next week. What'd you settle on? Fedora 35. Uh, I do like Fedora. Since I'm like planning to contribute for them, so maybe that's why. Uh, bare metal machine is always the best, I guess, yes. for testing. Where in India are you? New Delhi, the capital. What about you, Mordis? Uh I'm in Ohio, in the Midwest, in the US. Sweet. My dream country to come and settle in once I get the hand hand over tech like certified in something. Yeah, I don't know if you want to come here. I want to. I want to move to the US. Well, get your degree or whatever, or if you don't have it already. I don't know if you do or not. Then, I'm, I am a graduate. Okay, graduated then, uh, back in 17. Apply at Bank of America and then Let's... eventually you can just put in through them to come anywhere that we have places in the US. Which is New York, Texas, California. Heck, if you really want to, you can go to Canada. Well, I know that Bank of America does have a bunch of people in India and working yes. as Linux sysadmins, so that actually would be a good foot in the door. And even as know. support, I, similar to what you're doing now, Nishant, um, you could get on as support for any of the batches that we do, and then, yeah, we have support be in texas in a couple of years yeah i look into that eventually once i complete the lpic one certification april 2022 maybe after april i need to work on my level two which lpic level two yeah i have, I been, using I have been using i have been using linux for nine years now i thought for sure i was going to fail when i took the lpic uh 101 and 102 together um, I think the Southeast Linux Fest years ago, and uh, 
one person completed a single test before me and I immediately completed my second one. Um, and I was positive. I failed. I was like, there's no way I passed it, <laughs> but I did pass both of them. But what I'm looking at, it seems to be just like simple commands, which you need to remember and they're different iterations. Do you have your ITIL certification? Sorry? Your ITIL certification, I-T-I-L? Yes, I have ITIL before. Good. You're good. You have a degree and ITIL certification and a little bit of job history. You should be able to get any job and support that you want. Also, I have um, ISO 9001-2008 auditor certification, if that helps. Well, Joe, you're working on uh, New Year's Eve. Well, like I said, it's only 3 p.m., but yeah, technically the holiday is Monday. Okay, but for my client, it's today. Like, it was Friday, so there was no one at the client on site. Yeah, there's not a lot of people actually working today. There's about enough people to keep the batches limping along, and that's it. I am one of those people that's not working today. I don't work for Bofa, but yeah, I... Right now, I'm trying to get my uh, Comtex to integrate with uh, my laptop because then I could have a nice actual push to talk for doing this. Okay, so which distro are you running, Pirate? Oh, uh, Comtex. So I have a active sh- shooting uh, head uh, headset for like you know going down to the gun range. It's active hearing protection, but it also integrates with uh, it's up to integrate with your comms, and I want to hook that up to my. Uh, laptop because it's actually a really nice headset with push talk and all that stuff and then that would make doing this easier is it bluetooth no it's uh hardwired nato oh is it the army thing the one with the red while or not uh it's literally the same thing that swat wears because usually i see them using those in your um what do you call a microphones or earphones those like army people these days to reduce the weight and everything. Oh, so What's the interface on it? I'm sorry. How does it hook up? Uh, it's uh, hardwired. It's analog. There's no uh. So 3.5 millimeter or USB? Uh, none of those. It's uh, NATO. NATO. Yeah. For uh, it's literally military comms gear. I'm trying to hook it up to my laptop so I can use it for uh doing podcasting and such like, or for conference calls. Wait. NATO has a standard for its equipment. That's pretty cool. Now I got to know. Sweet. Trying to look up a picture for the connector. Uh, Pirate, what laptop hardware are you running and software? Oh, it's not. It's not the laptop side. It's the uh, headset. Um, if you look, if you want to look it up, it's three M Peltor Comtaps Comtac Six C O M T A C. Oh, that's a nice looking headset. Three M Peltor Com. Oh, looks like the headset which you wear at a gun range, if I'm not mistaken, what I can see. Yes, you uh, I you can, in fact, wear them to the gun range, um, but they also integrate with, you know, your gear when you're out in the field. Sweet. Are you an army guy, by any chance? I am not. Oh, okay. Well, the I picture I'm seeing shows what looks to be a 3.5 millimeter jack. Four pole. Um, it's more like a quarter inch. Uh, four pole, but it's not quite. Um, it's a it's a military standard. It's not a civilian standard. Okay, it's a TP120 socket. Yeah, and then they do make forty two dollar adapters, three point five millimeter. Yeah, I uh, actually tried one and I 
didn't work. So I'm having to. I'm trying to figure out how to rewire it so it does work. That could be fun. Are you taking it all the way apart and then using a um, multimeter with a in continuity mode to check and see where the leads go? Got my fluke right here. Awesome. It's a uh, fluke 107, not the ultra high dollar one, but it does the job. So uh, I always figured I could buy the cheap uh, cheap multimeters, but like. When I'm underneath a house or something, I just want it to work. I don't want to have to crawl back out on the house to get a replacement just because I bought a cheap one, you know? Not that I wire houses anymore, but you know. I still buy the cheap ones because I'm a cheap bastard. No, I like using my um, Razer Nari Ultimate on here. So that way I could just have a, a mute button right on the headset, reach up and click it. I have a keyboard push talk now but i get this headset working like i've got you know little shoulder mounted just clips onto your uh shirt or whatever and at your shoulder and i just clip that yeah mm-hmm. that could work for you so joe what has been your favorite distro this past year the linux mint guy <laughs> See? i haven't done a whole lot of testing of other operating systems recently but um you know garuda is definitely on the list and i know our next episode of um mintcast is going to be our alternate distros if our main distro goes away and what we're supposed to come up with like five and they're not supposed to be derivative but uh, that that's going to get difficult for me to pick five that are non-derivative so i don't know for me, first choice is Fedora. Right. Second. And if it disappears, then I'll go back to the Ubuntu. Well, mine's going to oh, be this Mint. Is difficult. <laughs> this is really difficult. Yeah, how do you pick five? It's going to be Mint, and then Fedora, and then Garuda, and then... <sighs> uh, Joe, I can vouch for Garuda. It has been I amazing. I like Garuda. On battery life as well. Like, it gives me up to six hours on a single charge. That's then... unheard of in Arch. Yeah, and then probably um, MX as a poor fourth place. (sighs) (laughs) It's difficult because if we list Ubuntu and Debian, then if Ubuntu disappears, then Debian, you can't choose, right? Uh, I would assume that's what they're saying, but it makes sense that if uh, if Mint disappeared, if I wanted to go to Ubuntu, then I could. And then if Ubuntu disappeared and I want to go to Debian, I could, but... I think we should ask Norbert about the clarification. It's still confusing. Oh, we can. We'll, we'll ask him tomorrow. Oh, actually, I'm traveling. It's today for me, and I'm traveling. So I'll uh, try to join in. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm... Uh, well, Fedora is my daily driver, but when I, I used to use uh, CentOS 8 for, like, servery so things, like, if I needed, you know, like, my database or shit like that. But... That went away here recently, or it's going away, and yeah, I've uh, switched over to FreeBSD for uh, my uh, server OS. How are you liking FreeBSD? Uh, it does the job, it doesn't complain about shit, it just goes. Um, yeah, I'm even uh, kicking around, I've even put it on a desktop and been playing around with it on the desktop. Okay, Pirate, you're just using the, you know, ancestor of Linux, and it's really good to hear somebody using Unix. Even though Unix is outdated, almost these years. Well, you can't really call BSD outdated because there's still ongoing development for BSD. It just forked at a different point than Linux did. And there are adapters that are built to make it so that Linux applications run on BSD. I'm just not sure how well they work. 
I didn't know this. I mean, I thought Unix was like relegated well, to the bottom after Linux. Well, a no. lot of times um, with BSD, like it will run the same um, desktop environments as Linux. Okay, so the major difference will be package manager and all that stuff, right? I'm not really the one to ask on that. Okay. So, Pirate, how's the free BSD experience so far? Sorry, I uh, was tangled up in wires there. What was the question? How is the free BSD experience so far? Uh, I mean, like I said, it's nice and stable. Like, everything I want in a server OS for database host or something like that, you know. Just install uh, Postgres and go. Um, what desktop environment are you using? I use Qtile, which is a uh, tiling window manager written in Python. Oh, so Qtile is there for Linux also, I believe. Yo. Okay. Well, you can run it on uh, FreeBSD, too. Uh, when I was playing around with the FreeBSD desktop, I was running DWM. Yes, so Joe was right. Uh, Unix can run all the Linux desktop, almost like DWM, for example. We were just discussing it today. I mean, right now. Yeah, yeah. I gotta stick with my obscure tiling window managers. No, tiling window managers are fun. I used ITWM, and I was like, this... It's supposed to suit my workflow rather than GNOME or XFCE, for example. But I'm too scared <laughs> to make even small changes to it in the config because I may break something. Um, as far as BSDs running Linux, I know at least some of them, uh, I think Nomad BSD may be one that uses um, Linux versions of Chrome and Firefox to provide the DRM uh to give to give uh, bsd access to drm stuff that they don't support natively like your netflix or what have you i believe i believe it was nomad bsd which is a um external drive bsd it's designed to be run as a live system on some kind of media uh not as a traditional install so that can become my backup os i think uh, Nomad BSD. Yes, you'll have to look into it, and but it certainly will be able to, or should reasonably be able to uh, access your other BSD uh, systems, depending on what file system and whatnot. I'm not very experienced in the BSD world, but I wanted to provide what help I could. Um, okay. So, Netminer, uh, what is your b- basic system set up right now? My systems are set up under Linux Mint and or or a similar Ubuntu system, XFCE, multiple screens, and at least one SSD for boot. A couple of my machines are dual SSDs so that I have a boot and a fast uh, drive for virtual systems. Um, that's about all. I don't really have anything traditional um, at the moment. Okay. I am on Fedora running on AMD Ryzen 5 5500U laptop. Uh, 8 gigabits of RAM and 512 gigabits of SSD. All right. Um, so I've reached the conclusion that I'm going to need to do some analog circuitry to make this work. Yeah, that would be my guess. The, I uh, mean, like impedance matching and things like that. Oh, so. okay, yeah. But that's no problem for me because I like that shit. Well, <laughs> Your uh, damn something. Uh, I don't know anything about 
Fedora or the RPM distros. I've been strictly on a Debian-based environment since I jumped from Windows 7. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, since I am like going to start to contribute to Fedora soon, so I'm running Fedora. Nothing else. Like on bare metal testing is always good on bare metal machines rather than using VMs. Um, if you want to get into testing Fedora, Adam Williamson, uh, the Fedora QA team is pretty cool. Oh yeah, I'll talk to the QA team once I come back from a trip. It's a long trip, so. Safe travels, madame, and and uh, you'd be welcome in our podcast, uh, the Linux Lugcast. Uh, it's, it originates on the same server on a different uh, channel. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm already on a podcast, but I would take this opportunity to join. Thank you for the invite, NetMiner. Holy shit. Some uh, breaking news from Seattle. Uh, a local uh, police... Assistant police chief for Kent, Washington, was just fired because he was uh, putting Nazi uh, Nazi symbols all over the place. Uh, it's good no that he comment. got fired then. No comments on this. Wait, the police chief got fired because of that? Uh, assistant police chief for uh, Kent, Washington. Oh, I never knew they took such things. So, I mean, I didn't understand why. <laughs> Sorry, I would not comment on this. Uh... Also, that's the kind of thing that he'll be lucky to get a job bagging groceries somewhere. Pretty much. Joe, is that the German symbol still illegal in the U.S. or something like that? From what I know, no, it's not. But there's a very there's a very strong cancel culture um, type of thing in the U.S. Now, when it comes to Nazis and and communism or anything like that that's still very um what's the word i'm looking for frowned on frowned on faux pas frowned upon apparently. it's triggering yeah so if you have someone like a police chief that um is putting up nazi propaganda it's automatically associated with that said police chief also being a bigot and a racist and you don't want bigots and racists in positions of power i mean to be fair oh, God, the two often go so- in power into together you know i mean people who are putting up nazi symbols are probably actually bigoted and racist too yes to be clear it's just a two-week suspension He's just suspended for two weeks. Well, well, that's that's so that they can build the cannon that they're going to shoot him out of. Yeah. Even if he wasn't fired, he would be because of public opinion. But honestly, he shouldn't hold that position if he's a bigot or a racist. There's too much um, inequality when it comes to law enforcement as it is. The problem is there, I mean, you know, the saying isn't, a few bad apples are fine. If the saying is a few bad apples spoil the bunch, you know. If the right. assistant chief thinks he can get away with that, then that means the entire fucking system's rotten. Same, same happens in India. Pirate can't deny that everywhere. Yeah, I think the only place you're not going to find it is on the backside of the moon until we land there. <laughs> True. So, Joe, for Mintcast, will you guys be gathering at what time? Same time, one a.m. Well. Tomorrow, it'll be <clears throat> 2 p.m. for me. Oh, it's 1.30 for me. Approximately 12.30. I'll be middle of nowhere at that time. Yeah, 
I was trying to do podcasting from the middle of nowhere all last week. Yes. Madame, it will be a much prettier piece of nowhere. Deshanta dude. When you're there. Deshanta uh, dude. I'm a dude. Pardon me. Net minor. Yeah, no problem. Everyone thinks that, including my clients at work. Thank you, Joe. Well, you're a gentle person, clearly, and well-spoken, regardless mm-hmm. of gender. All right. Thank you very much, Netminer. <clears throat> it's truly been my pleasure, ma'am. Oh, uh, sir. Same. So, uh, how many of you all here Mintcast? Except Joe and Moss and myself. I, uh... Used to be pretty active in the podcast community, but just got busy doing other things. I I am hosting it. I am also now a host on uh, Mintcast with Joe and well, everyone. That miner is um, and Mordency and Honky and myself are all on um, the Linux Lugcast. Oh, okay. What time is it? Uh, what, uh, what time Lugcast is? It's on this I server hope. Fridays. Or, First and third Friday of every month at, what, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Okay, I would have to check because I hope it doesn't clash with my work. I'll check in and leave you. If you're so working if, um, U.S. time, then it shouldn't interfere. Because I have night shift, like 9.30 p.m. IST to 9.30 p.m. GMT 5.5 to 6.30 a.m. Too much GMT conversion. 5. Let me check. What should I keep as a base time zone for this? If you're talking to me, Central Standard Time. No, I'm talking about Lugcast. Yeah, Central Standard Time, 8.30 p.m. Honky is usually running it, and he is in Eastern, so for him it would be 9.30. Uh, 11 a.m. ET to 6 p.m. 8 p.m. ET. Hey, Jay Rulo. How's it going? Hey, I got it working. Oh, did you? What'd you have to do? Uh, I had to run the signal through some op amps. Sounds like fun. So, right now it's tied to a breadboard, but, you know, now that I've got it figured out. And then the other next part is i got to get the mic working, which is also going to require some analog circuitry. But once I get all that sorted, then I can, uh, I might make up a little uh, PC board or have a PC board made. I don't make them myself and solder it up, so it's uh, put a little enclosure, you know, so it looks nice and neat and professional and shit. Well, breadboard, 3D printer. Breadboards and PC boards sound fun. I actually do not own a 3D printer somehow. No, actually, no, They're not excessively cheap or anything, so I can understand not owning one. Well, until July, I was in a 200-square-foot apartment. I basically had my bed and a server rack, and I had no more space. Well, at least you were warm. Server rack will keep you warm. Yeah, well, now it warms up. And white my, noise. Oh, I, I replaced all the fans, so that part wasn't so much a thing. Actually, a lot of my gear is fanless. Um, it's not that it's ARM. It's it's uh, these little HP thin clients. If you watch on eBay, they show up for like 35 bucks every once in a while. And you buy one, and you can put like 32 gigs of RAM in it and however big a uh, hard drive you want. So it's it's about the same price and performance as a Raspberry Pi, but it's already in a case, and you can actually upgrade the RAM and the hard drive. Yeah, evidently it's going to be a lot harder to continue getting Raspberry Pis, and the prices are going to start going up because of the chip shortage. Now that's the other nice thing about old hardware is uh, it's 
already there, so the chip shortage doesn't affect it. Yeah. Yeah, but it does increase the value of it as, you know, the new stuff gets harder to find and more expensive and more people want the older stuff, like with the car market right now. Did any of y'all ever do any kind of data science? I did a little bit. Like, I coded Python to display the graphs using data. Little bit, not much. Just to learn how it works. Uh, which Amiga J. Rulo? Oh, that's old. Okay, everyone, I think I'll go and sleep. I have uh, I have to travel in nine hours now. Well, uh, good travels and a happy new year. Yep. Oh, happy new year. And, and it happens to be my birthday today as well. I mean, happy my birthday. Oh, and happy oh, birthday, yeah. Thank you. Okay, Joe, I think I'll see you later, maybe. Yeah, on either Discord. tomorrow or next week, whatever. Okay. Talk to you on see Discord. You. See you, catch. Uh, see you guys on Bloodcast, if possible. Okay. Uh, have a nice New Year's Eve, everyone. Uh, how do I disconnect this again? Hit the X in the corner. Oh, wait, are you on your phone? I'm on my Linux box, a Linux laptop. I just close Mumble. Okay. Yeah, I've uh, been doing a lot of elect- analog electronics lately. Uh, well, I love working on headsets. I don't know if you listen to any of my shows, but yeah, I annoy people I talk about working on different headphones so much. Well, uh, what I'd really like to do is... Uh, See if I, I wish I could replace the sound profile they have for these things because it's kind of meant for, um, you know, an ur- or uh, a rural environment, and I'm in an urban environment, and sometimes that uh, it fucks with the algorithm of it on of the onboard uh, signal processors a little bit. Yeah, it's a little deeper into the software than I want to go. Well, I'm also kind of hesitant to uh, crack these things open because a they're expensive and b I don't want to, uh, if I crack them open and then I get hearing damage, uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yep. Yeah, um, I tend to buy a lot of broken headphones and fix them, so... I think the most expensive ones were probably two pairs of DT770s, maybe? For, uh, the audio listening, just at home... I generally just use a pair of Audio Technicas, which sound which fine to me. Uh, AT, uh, the M50Xs, 30Xs, yeah. 40Xs. Uh, M- I think they're M50s. Let me look. ATH M50X. Yeah, they're they're a good headset. Studio monitors. Yeah, that's M50s. They do Where? have a problem with the um, the hinge breaking. Uh, I mean, I've had them for I don't know four or five years now, and. They're just as fine as when I bought them new. Yeah, well, I, I I get them broken, so I see where they break a lot, and it's always at the hinge. It's the that little triangle piece inside the hinge that keeps it from pushing too far outward, and it's a really simple like 3D print to either fix that or prevent it from happening. So, but they do sound pretty good, and a lot of people like the... Um, the M, the just the sound from the M30s are and the M40s better than the M50s. Even though the M50s are better for like studio listening, you get better um, mid-range out of the other two. I mean, most when I got them, it was for sitting in you know offices and such like for listening to music. So that right. work. Good close back headphone then, yeah. And they seem to be reasonably durable. Like, obviously, if you're fixing them, you know where they break. 
so you know right. what the weak point is. But like, like I said, I've had them for like five years, no problems. Plus, you can get uh, low cost Bluetooth adapters for them, which I enjoy. And anything with like a removable cable, like it has, it you know that's an increased value for me too, because a lot of times. I've gotten ones that were in perfect condition that people said didn't work, and it was because the removable cable had broken. And so, a few dollars for a new cable, perfectly working headset. Yeah, I like the uh, removable cable. I actually pull it just when I'm throwing the headset into my bag, just Absolutely. so there's less things sticking out. Less things to break, less leverage points. Uh, I, I'm not exactly gentle on my gear either. So, like when I say throw them in my bag, I mean literally I just throw them in my bag. You know. Yeah. But oh gosh, uh, let me see. I see one, two, three of the M50s, two of the M40s, and I think I only have one of the M30s hanging up right now. All right. Well, what's the device you were talking about adding the memory and hard drive to instead of a Pi? Oh, um, so HP makes you at least, I think they still do, but made these little thin client type things. Um, the T6XX line. Um, I have a bunch of T610s and C6T, uh, which is kind of the like 2014 era. Of them, and then there's a few newer ones. Um, but yeah, that, those are just the models I'm throwing out there. But yeah, the like T620, T610, things like that. You just just scroll for through eBay and watch out for them. They show up all the time. And I see, I see one on eBay right now for eighty dollars with the AMD GT56N. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Um, like I said, just watch eBay. They they show up for way cheaper than that all the time. Yeah, here's one on eBay, T610 for $45. Um the ones I've started getting, there's a version that uh you can actually they're kind of rare, but every they show up every once in a while. You can uh it has a PCI card ex- or PCIe card ex- slot, and so I've been putting 10 gigabit network in them so that it uh connects to my nice little fiber network I've got in my apartment. Thirty-three ninety-five. See, there you go. Cheaper than a Pi, comes with a case, and it's upgradable. This one's missing the power supply. Oh yeah, they often are, but power supply—that's another like ten bucks. Just gotta. The only thing is uh, with the power supply, they're slightly finicky. And they want uh, exactly the uh, nineteen point five volt, sixty-five watt power supply. Like if they're a uh, and HP also made an 18.5 volt power supply that uh, it'll plug in, but it doesn't work. I uh, I actually just went and got tired of all the wall warts, so I put a 19.5 volt uh, bus in my server rack, and then I just clipped off the uh, cables from all the wall warts and then wired them into the bus, and makes cable organization so much easier. Yeah. So since the uh, Last time I've been on a podcast, I upgraded my network to 10 gigabit. That's cool. Dumpster diving and eBay. Yeah. I think I need the um, network cable that's run out to my garage upgraded. Because the most I can get is like, what, um, 100 Mbps? Yeah, in my mind, that would definitely be a candidate for uh, fiber. Just, if nothing else, so you don't have an electrical connection. And that's actually kind of where it started out was... 
I wanted to put the oscilloscope on the network for data logging, but I didn't want to have it hardwired to like all my expensive gear in case I had an accident that involved high voltages, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't mind having slightly faster speeds just in the house, but um, it's going to be a while before fiber reaches my neighborhood. Oh, I, I don't have a fiber internet connection, so my uh, network packets get to the vault very quickly and then they slow down. Yeah, yeah. Well, th that internal networking can be extremely helpful for a lot of the things that I do. The uh, nice thing about coming from a very small apartment was I had basically no furniture, so it was uh, pretty simple to just run uh, you know, fiber everywhere in the apartment, just under the rugs and shit. And so now I have bit fiber run, even if I'm not necessarily using the link yet. I uh, kind of have this vision of running Home Assistant and, you know, controlling lights and things like that, but also, like, being able to walk around the house and well, walk around my apartment and have my music follow me. Yeah, that, that's been a goal for a long time. It's easier to do if you live by yourself, but, um, yeah, it... Do you make it motion-based? Do you make it Bluetooth-based based on where your phone is? How do you set it up? Um, I'm thinking either motion-based or maybe like an RFID reader at the doorway or something. I don't know. I'm trying to avoid Bluetooth, to be honest. I'm trying to avoid well, too no, much I'm extraneous signals. Oh, okay. I was just saying, you know, if you have Bluetooth turned on on your phone and it gets sensed in a specific room... Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't turn on Bluetooth on my phone. Uh, but you could also do it using Wi-Fi. Um, I could. I don't know if uh, I can do it easily with just one access point. Yeah, you'd have to have a bunch of access. You'd have to have one access point per room, and then you'd have to work on your power settings to make it so that only the access point for the room that you're in is being used while you're in that room, and that would be difficult. I mean. I can make that work with a lot easier with my laptop, I think. I carry my laptop around with me everywhere, which is another thing I'm actually trying to eliminate is one of the reasons I want to have a network so fast is then I can do X-forwarding and it be usable. Yeah. Well, X-forwarding with right with the a proper amount of compression can be useful on a daily basis. It's just difficult to set up and annoying in most in instances. But like um, X2Go makes that very bundled together and ready to go for you. The, uh, I don't know, I haven't actually looked into X2Go too much, but it, it would be nice to uh, be able to just leave the laptop in one place and because like, I have multiple seats, you know, multiple locations where, pl places where I would be sitting, and it'd be nice to just leave the laptop sitting in one place and then be able to use it from all the places I sit without having to drag it around. Well, X2Go is perfect for that if you're, if you're planning on using a lot of thin clients. I mean, I was using my home computer, my, my server at home, like I was sitting in front of it from floor, from 800 miles away. Yeah, just don't get a dog, Jay Rulo. <laughs> well. Or a cat. Yeah, the cat would ruin that. Get a parrot. Well, right now I uh, live in a place that doesn't allow pets, so that's a moot point. Yeah, if I were to set something up like that, I, I'd want to be able to just, you know, have my Bluetooth headset and not have to worry about where my phone is in relation to me and be able to walk anywhere in the house and use it. Yeah, something like that would also be nice. Um, but, I don't know, have a, uh, figure out some way to have an automated uh, 
how get because like I walk out of this room into the next room and I lose Bluetooth connection. Yeah. Well, or my 2.4 gigahertz, the Razer Nari Ultimate that I use for podcasting sometimes that I'm using right now. I'd like to be able to use that anywhere too, but that would be a whole different setup. I mean, you can do the Bluetooth one with Bluetooth repeaters, but Bluetooth repeaters are not cheap. Now, you said that uh, it was 2.3 gigahertz? That uh, 2.4. Yeah, that, okay. That's also a very crowded spectrum around here. Yeah, well, most of your... You know, USB devices that are wireless are to, in the 2.4 gigahertz range. So yeah, uh, there would be a lot of interference. That's one of the re- main reasons why I'm hardwiring everything is just because, like, there's so much radio waves going through here right now. I'm, it's probably a cancer zone or something. <laughs> and it interferes with your Wi-Fi? Yes. Um, have you done a Wi-Fi analyzer? I assume you have. Yeah, I... Uh, haven't done any kind of Wi-Fi analysis also, but like, like I said, I just hardwire everything now. Right. Okay. And it's faster anyway. Well, I was just thinking of ways to annoy your neighbors. If you can't get a proper Wi-Fi signal, then, you know, just up the power on your antennas. I, uh, I uh, also had recent reason to try that here recently, and it did not penetrate the floor of the building I'm in. Like, it, it didn't... It, I couldn't receive it where I wanted to. Uh, I might have to uh, get a highly directional antenna and just point it at the spot next time. Just a cone of Wi-Fi. Yeah, Jay Rulo, I'm not seeing any, you know, commercial Bluetooth repeaters. I'm I'm hoping that there's a write-up somewhere to be able to build one yourself. Yeah, I don't want to oversaturate the 2.4 gigahertz range. Then all my keyboards will quit working. You know, sometimes my... uh, Phone chime will just go off, and there's like no, there's no notifications or anything there. It's just chiming at me. My new Motorola does likes. It's uh, kind of annoying. My uh, last phone was a Windows phone. Or, uh, I mean, I finally, if Windows is, I finally found a, an actual use for Windows. That's on a phone. That's about all it's useful for. Yeah. Before I, that, I, I had know. a Firefox like- phone. I liked Windows Mobile when it was Windows Mobile, like 6.5 and below. But yeah, once it got to, I think it was 7.5, it it turned into that tiling thing, and then it got worse. Well, before that, I had a Firefox phone. I kind of missed that thing. Didn't know Mozilla made phones. It's interesting. Uh, They had the Firefox OS. It was mostly designed for, um, like, what was it? Emerging markets. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember what they were uh, wanting to do with it, but they wanted a low-cost phone for um, basically lower-income places. It turns out countries. that it turns out that just cheap Android does the same job. Pretty much. Was it? Was the uh, Firefox OS? Was that Linux-based? Yeah, it was. It was Linux-based. Uh. Like I liked the user interface of it, and I I kind of liked the idea of everything is just a web page. It just made I don't know it, it it just worked really nicely the way I was using it. I'm gonna have to drop for a little while. I'm gonna have to join a work phone call. Talk to you guys in a bit. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Nope. Hi there. Hey, how's everything? Verbal. Hey, hey. Sorry, Ooh. I got a little excited. Ooh. I was just um, setting up my uh, push to talk. 
because I hadn't uh, used Mumble in a while, and and the interface was different. So I finally figured out how to set up the uh, push to talk. Uh, it's it's been a while since I've uh, seen you around. Of course, it's been a while. I think the last time I was on a, a podcast, you were also around. So hey, yeah, it's been a a, a long while. Yeah, yeah, I missed last year. Yeah, me too. So you talk about your game verbal? You know, I actually got everything working, and um, I um, I showed it to my granddaughter, and she liked it, especially because I had like uh, some custom um, photos in there. Um, but then, as we you know, we went through the alphabet from A to to I think maybe around W. Then W, she kind of lost interest, you know, because, you know, kids' attention span is, you know, kind of short. I'm sorry, what was that? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, what was that? It's actually uh, pretty interesting um, using, I, I, I wrote this, like, learning game for her, uh, my granddaughter, who's five. And I was I was writing it in this, like, game game engine called um, Love or Love 2D. And the um, the programming language uh, that Love uses is uh, Lua. So it's interesting because I, I, I'd never used uh, Lua before. When you were talking about it and showed showed me the video of it, it looked really, really slick. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty simple. You know, hey, it, it's for a five-year-old. So, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know if uh, you remember, but... She likes to play things like Roblox and Minecraft and that. So uh, at one point, uh, Chris was saying, "Hey, um, how many how how many points do you have?" And she says, "I don't know. I don't know how to read." So we figured, "Oh, we have to change that." So that's why I actually wrote the the uh, learning game for her. Hey, more dancing. What what was that? Um, like bare bones Linux and distro, you said you were using uh, recently. Um, Garuda. Garuda. I I thought it was something. I, I thought it was something. I've been using several. Garuda is the one I put on the mini AMD uh, computer. It works with the drawing tablet. Uh, it's a um, similar to uh, Ubuntu to Mint. It's a Arch to Garuda. It's a real flashy, easy already installed and set up pretty arch system more so than manjaro oh okay because i i was looking at uh alpine linux and it's it's like it's really bare bones i guess it's uh built on busybox and libc and so i've i've, I've kind of been trying to uh resist the urge to um try that out but i don't know it might get the best it might get the best the other the other one is proxmox so for virtualization, I have it on a bare bones. Hey, somebody wants to say hello to you. Hey, Robert. Hello. Two tests. I got my, Two tests. I got my, I got my card. You don't have to say more. Yay. Okay, good. How are you right now? Um, This week has been really rough. I don't feel that great. Okay. Your, your numbers were really good last week, right? Right. Yes, that is. Uh, I'm hoping that drops even more because um, that was a three week drop and not the full month. So I'm very happy with that 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 drop in numbers. What are what, what kind of pain are you in now? What, what's causing what's it? What's causing it? 
Um, and not pain. I'm uh, uh, I'm really nauseous, hence the card. Um, the cold sensitivity is uh, way worse right now uh, than it was the first time. Um, um, and I'm I'm shaky. My uh, uh, you know, like if I try to hold my hand still, it shakes. Um, and my my muscle mass in my arms in the last three weeks is just gone. I I big. Big muscles, and now they're they're gone. People have actually said stuff about it. Well, it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah, it's very noticeable. But I'm still keeping the weight on, so I'm not dropping anymore. Have um, are are you getting enough protein? Absolutely not. So have you have you been to the dispensary yet? Yeah, I I went last night. I got some stuff for uh, appetite and uh, um, RSO, Rick Simpson oil. It's supposed to be a combination of stuff that has anecdotally and in some new studies have proven that it kills cancer cells. So um, uh, need to figure out how I actually have to take it. It's kind of confusing, but uh, it's supposed to be really, really strong, too. Was that something at the dispensary as well? Yes, that was at the dispensary. Well, all right. Um, what is it called again? Uh, Rick Simpson Oil or RSO. All right. I'm going to look it up. I'll give I'll give you verbal back. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to try out this um, Alpine Linux. Yeah, I keep hearing uh, great things about Alpine. I don't think I've uh, used it, or maybe I tried to use it and had problems. One thing I heard about it is that it's it's um, used a lot with um, Docker because it's so lightweight. That might have been where I was trying to use it. I still haven't gotten a Docker flow up and running. I mean, I've tested Docker singly on a machine and gotten small things to work, but not a full-blown workflow running off a dedicated machine. Yeah, I'm just upset because originally I thought that um, I could use Docker to, um, say, run a, a Linux instance. Well, a Docker, basically I thought it was going to be like um, VirtualBox, but it basically has to be Linux. You can't run like... Um, Windows from Linux or Mac OS from Linux. Yeah, I think I I think that it only runs on a bare Linux kernel, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we're we're looking up that Bart Simpson oil right now. Rick. <laughs> Cowabunga. I can't believe the Simpsons are still on TV after so many years. Aren't people tired of that by now? Um, I haven't been actively watching the last two seasons. Um, I'm behind. Um. But no, no, I still watch it. No, all all the Simpsons fans should jump ship and start watching uh, Rick and Morty. I can't stop watching Rick and Morty. The <laughs> first year, first year of the pandemic, the first calendar year, I that's all I played all day while I was uh working was the stream on the Adult Swim channel, uh, just Rick and Morty over and over again. I've probably seen it, each episode a hundred times now. Uh, you know, Morty, you, you, you gotta stop watching those shows because it, it, it's gonna rot your brain. It's so funny. Every time. It is. It's funny. My uh, son-in-law introduced me to that. He says, hey, you want to watch some Rick and Morty? I'm like, Rick and who? Doc Brown and Marty McFly until the cease and desist order. There you go. Yeah, one of my coworkers just showed me the Doc Brown and Marty McFly cartoons it was those are horrible <laughs> well, they, were, so gnarly. They, they were they were playing around just trying to come up with something when um 
uh, Gravity Falls was canceled because they couldn't figure out how to monetize it. It had uh, nobody was getting paid, and then it had this huge market rating and no products for sale. So there was no monetization, and uh, it kind of kills animated shows very quickly. I, so, so I that, didn't even know. Oh yeah, actually, the shows are connected. There's hidden things between uh, the shows. There's a character that they were going to put in all the animated series they did. Uh, there's a guy with the red curly hair. Um, uh, he's in multiple cartoons that they worked on. Um, there's a portal where stuff gets sucked through on Gravity Falls, the grandfather or whatever, a coffee cup and a pen, and uh, it pops out of the uh, uh, portals when uh, the Ricks from the Citadel are chasing Rick, the the first Evil Marty episode. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, I've only yeah, watched the- like an episode or two of um, Gravity Falls, so I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to look watch it a little more. I haven't watched any of them. I watched some, uh, you know, uh, hidden connections and Easter egg videos on YouTube. And there was a, another show, uh, called, uh, Final Space, which only got three seasons. It was, uh, wasn't renewed for a fourth season. Uh, it, um, kind of like in the same vein as Rick and Morty, a little bit different humor and char- characters, but in that same vein of entertainment, I think. He like slowly faded out and got quieter and quieter. Oh, there's a, another show called uh, a Final Space, which I think uh, Rick and Morty fans would love. Um, it it only got three seasons. It was planned out further. Um, hopefully, somebody will pick it up and let him finish it. Uh, it was great. One of the villains was uh, David Tennant, one of the doctors. Right. Is that, uh, oh, the actor who played one of the doctors? On Doctor Who, is that what you're referring to? Yes. When when it uh, restarted in I think 2005, it was Chris Chris Eccleson and then David Tennant and then Matt Smith and Garibaldi and Whitaker. So the second I always, of the I always catch on, catch on to the super popular stuff like later on, and end up I'm always so far behind it's hard to catch up. I haven't watched all the Doctor Who's yet. I tried to start at the beginning. I might just have to do like the newer episodes. You mean the beginning 1963? Uh, no, the ones I was watching were, they looked like they were probably from like the 90s or something. Hey, we used to love the, um, the Doctor Who, um, movies that had, uh, Peter Cushing in there. And, um, yeah, they, they were always, uh, really great. But I don't know how popular those are right now. It's definitely a cult thing, Doctor Who in general, but there are a lot of people who enjoy it. I guess it's probably more popular in England. It was one of the few things I got to watch on television as a kid on on PBS. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a BBC uh, show, isn't it? So isn't that, um, or it was at least, it was, was the public broadcasting in England. I don't think it is anymore. I think they privatized it. Uh, in England, it's BBC. Yeah, PBS here in the U.S. is public broadcasting system. They used to play a lot of uh, BBC uh, stuff because they could get it cheap or free. Right. Oh, lunch is now in the oven. Do you know where I can stream that uh, Final Space show in the U.S.? Do you have Plex? I I don't have a Plex server set up yet, but uh, yeah, but I will. Not a server, just an account. I do have an account. Um. Uh. My email's hbr at mordency dot com. If you want to send me your 
uh, email for Plex, I'll add you to my library, to my Plex server. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah. all, uh, I think I'm going to create a new account with my newer email. Um, I find it easier with a with a Gmail account. I actually use a dedicated Gmail account for a lot of my media signups. Um, but uh, um, uh, it might buffer and be slow. Um, I'm switching over from slow cable and internet to uh, dedicated uh, access three cable modem and internet only. Um, my cable modem arrived yesterday, so I just need to figure out what I need to do to self-install and switch over. But before I switch, yeah, over, I feel your pain. Yeah, I feel your pain. I get. Sorry, what was that? Uh, until I switch the cable modem, uh, the media gateway to the cable modem, uh, the upload speed might be bad. It might buffer and stuff. 18 megabytes download here and like 2 megabytes upload. That's pretty horrible. I don't think I've ever seen the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movies. I'm looking at that right now, Verbal. Yeah, they they were pretty good. But you, you have to remember, uh, this was coming from uh, me watching them as a kid. So I don't know how well they've uh, held up over time. But yeah, I, I think they were pretty good. I'm a Doctor Who fan like I'm a... Um a cosmic horror and Lovecraft fan. It really doesn't matter how bad it is. I'll watch it. Wait, what show are you talking about? Um, Verbal was talking about the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movie movies. Uh, I was talking about along with Doctor Who, anything HP Lovecraft cosmic horror related. Um, I will invest time and money into regardless of how good it is. Um, so if you're into Doctor Who, might I suggest Blake's seven? Well, shit. Betty White passed away. Yep, yep. And she was supposed yeah. to be doing New Year's Eve thing tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this actually. Like Betty's White, Betty White's continuing existence was kind of a bedrock of my soul. How did Betty White's uh, life affect you? I mean, it didn't really. It's just I don't know. She's just always been there. Yeah, I agree. It, it felt really strange today. Also. It's kind of cool that she went out on New Year's Eve. I mean, she was always doing cool stuff. Final Space is free to stream on Apple TV. Um, it's available on Hulu with a subscription, HBO Max with a subscription, and Sling TV with a subscription. Did you say Hulu? Hulu. And you said Final Space? Correct. That's the name of the show. So what is uh, Final Space about? Um Uh, Here, I'll read the description. In the midst of working off a prison sentence, an astronaut named Gary meets a mysterious planet-destroying alien, Mooncake, with whom he immediately bonds. But Gary doesn't realize that this new sidekick is actually in demand by the sinister Lord Commander, who will do anything he can do to secure Mooncake's untapped evil power. The animated intergalactic comedy follows Gary and Mooncake's adventures to unlock the mystery of final space, where the universe ends. Thank you. Looks like you have to have a live TV um, subscription on Hulu to stream it. Do they uh, visit the uh, restaurant at the end of the universe when they get to that point? I know. The end of the universe is final space. It's another dimension. Uh, they, so they're, they're talking about space, not time. Yes. But there is some time, time loops, time travel stuff. Uh, it, it, it repeats over and over again. Hey, I just pulled it up on Apple TV. The animation reminds me of, do you remember the videos uh, the gorillas did, uh, like Clint Eastwood? Do you, it looks like the same. It looks like Yeah. Uh, yield, waiting for food to cook, but you're hungry now. Is it Mordency? Is that how you pronounce your 
Screen name? Yes. Mordency. One who is mordant. I posted, uh, I posted my uh, email in the chat section. Is anybody else using the Android client? The, um, what the hell is it called? I'm using Mom. I am. Um, when I, uh, I, they call it uh, deafening. When I shut the sound off and then I turn it back on, it also unmutes me. Is there any way to stop that? Um, I'm figuring out Mumble. Okay, for sure. I'll take a look around. I don't think that's uh, something I'm using. You have been invited. I think I just enabled downloads, so you should be able to download them off my server, I think. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. Um, it's been on, I've never actually used Bix before. I have it on my phone. It looks like you got you have to like ins- uh, pay for a subscription if you're going to use your phone. If you're going to use your phone, but no. I think the... No, you don't. N- nobody I know that uses it pays for it. Uh, I paid for it for the uh, um, server streaming stuff, but just you, playing it as an app on a TV or phone um, or through the webpage, Plex.tv doesn't require any pain, no payment. Okay, cool. Thank you. You may have to go to more on the left-hand side to see the, my server is called Pytho, to see the library. Yeah, I'm going to have to play around with this a little bit. I never actually opened up the app and looked at anything. I'll download it on my Fire Stick as well. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.